clouds gone up to the sky. This is episode 387 for September 2015, and if you're a fan of this podcast, I'd appreciate it. Log on to our front page at spidermancrawlspace.com. Look for a button on the right-hand side of the site that says support this site via PayPal, and you can help us pay the bandwidth costs and ensure more episodes come out in the future. All right, gang, get ready for a massive episode of Spider Satellites. On with the show. Hey, Crawl Spacers, welcome to our Spider Satellites episode. Let's introduce the panel. We've got Zach. What's going on, Zach? Oh, uh, it's uh, good to be here, and I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no doubt. we got Ashley. What's going on, Ashley? Hey. Apparently I'm being mean tonight, but George deserves it. True. I, I would agree. Wow. <laughs> because the viewers demanded, we be mean to George, yes. And we've got George. What's going on, George? Uh, not much. Uh, you know, the last time we did this, I said, well, apparently this is my last time because I'm not buying anything. And then right after that, they announced that they were going to do uh, Spider-Man 2099 again, at least conceivably until they destroy the Marvel Universe again whenever Hickman needs to reboot it again. So uh, so I'm back. Uh, I, You're Back. Not, Did you enjoy your hiatus between episodes? Uh, yeah, you know, I had a good rest. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I took a trip from from my uh, computer. Uh, I spent a lot more time in the kitchen, there you uh, visiting the kitchen and, and some of the areas of the of the house. Um, so there yeah, it's it's been uh, it's nice. it's been a lot of fun. And we've got Mike. What's going on, still a nerd? Well, um, for this occasion, since Zach is here, I'm wearing my blue hoodie, so you can tell us apart. Well, even though it's, I know it's a podcast, so you can't actually see it, unfortunately. So. No, we're, we're painting pictures in our minds. Yes. Hang, hang on, I've got to cross McNulty's name off of the uh, cool kids list. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, just okay. George loves loves hoodies. Okay, here are the issue numbers that we're going to go through, and Lord, we've got a lot of them. Eighteen comics, if my math is correct, and as we've established in the past, my math is pretty bad. The books that we're going to review tonight, uh, or today, or tomorrow, whatever you're listening to this show, the books are Deadpool: Secret Secret Wars, number one, two, three, four, reviewed by me. Spider Island, number one, two, three, reviewed by Mike. Spider Verse, two, three, four, reviewed by Zach. Ultimate End, number 234 by Mike. Spider-Gwen, number 5 by Ashley. Uh, Silk, 5, 6, and 7 by Ashley. Also, Ashley's going to review uh, Guardians Team-Up, number 9. Thanks to a suggestion so, by uh, Big Al from the film. Uh, exactly. I, I, even I didn't pick up that book, so it'll be interesting to hear and what happened. And it is right at my alley. Is it? Is it good? Oh, well, we'll get to that. Well, We'll soon find out. <laughs> uh, real quick, uh, we're gonna we're gonna plow through these eighteen issues. So in the past, we've we've uh, spent a little bit more time on them that uh, I think we should. I think people want to hear what we think of the books specifically. So we're gonna keep the plots uh, pretty short, and we're just gonna discuss what we like about the book more than anything. But we're gonna do it at a brisk pace. And George, you always make fun of me. My goal is an hour and a half with this show. <laughs> Uh, exactly. There you go. Here, let me here let me start off with the Deadpool Secret Wars, uh, Deadpool Secret Secret Wars number one, written by Cullen Bunn, art by Matteo Lali, 
And this book basically uh, is what if, not what if, Deadpool was in the 1984 Secret Wars, uh, written by Jim Shooter and Mike Zeck and Bob Layton back in the day. So basically the plot, uh, Deadpool was really in Secret Wars. He's even in that opening scene where everyone introduces themselves that J.R. hates. I am Spider-Man, this is the Hulk, this is Wolverine, this is the X-Men. Uh, and th- that one uh, cl- that scene where the Wasp introduces the whole Avengers, uh, Deadpool has a funny line to the Wasp. Uh, he says, hey, those are some nice balloons. And she looks offended. He goes, word balloons. What did you think I was talking about? I thought that was a really funny line. Uh, keeping it mainly oh, wait, Spider-Man. I get, I get it. Never mind. Okay. Yeah, the word balloons. Yeah, yes. that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, keeping it more Spider-Man related for these four issues, uh, Deadpool has a fun line when the lizard attacks. And by the way, Deadpool has like a 1980s costume where it says uh, Double D on the front, kind of like Daredevil. Uh, and he's got uh, boots and uh, more gun pouches and 90s pouches. So it's kind of a cool look. Anyway, uh, Deadpool fights the lizard, and uh, Deadpool has a fun line. He goes, hey, don't rip it's, rip these clothes. It's the only clothes I got. It's not like they make a machine that makes your clothes here. Come on. thought that was kind of cute. Uh, the... The backup story, the first half of the issue is um, The Secret Wars, and the the crossover that I guess was the very first was uh, Contest of Champions, and they have a backup of Deadpool was actually in the Contest of the Champions. Uh, evidently, he wasn't picked for the main challenge, but the uh, the person – I forget, George, do you remember it was the Grandmaster, and was the other character the Unknown that the two were battling, or – I don't know if you've read Contest. It's, it's been a while since I've read Contest. I remember one of them is the Grandmaster, but I remember the extent of Spider-Man's involvement in the first one was uh, uh, making a sandwich and talking to Spider-Woman. There you go. Exactly. Literally, Hanging literally, upside that's down. exactly all he did. Hanging upside down. I remember yep. them. Anyway, the Grandmaster says, you know what? You guys aren't good enough to be in the main uh, fight. So uh, we're going to put some D-list characters, and we're going to have the fight take place in East St. Louis, which I think is absolutely hysterical, because uh, Bun is a Missouri guy like myself, and East St. Louis is kind of rough. Is that where uh, all the all the bad stuff happened last year? No, that was Ferguson. Okay. Uh, East St. Louis in the first National Lampoon's Vacation movie is where Clark gets lost, and they steal the rims off of his cars. Well, I remember <laughs> I remember that uh, that all that happened in Ferguson. I just I didn't know like if Ferguson was part of East St. Louis or what East St. Louis was or yeah. okay. Anyway, the D-list characters that uh, Deadpool has teamed up with, Spider-Man related, uh, Rocket Racer, and the Frogman. And a character I've never heard of called the She-Man Thing. <laughs> it's like... it's like uh, Very progressive. You put, <laughs> you put boobs and lipstick on the Man Thing, and there's She-Man Thing. Ugh. There you go. Uh, anyway, pro, a very, very funny use of Deadpool and the use of Marvel history. If you love Secret Wars like I do... Please pick this up. Uh, also, also uh, another pro is the cover. I got the variant cover for this one. Uh, it's the one where it's the replica of what the Marvel Superhero Secret Wars action figures look like. So you've got a Deadpool action figure on the front. And uh, what the, other, the old figures underneath the shield was, I, I guess, uh, the paper inserts that you put inside the shield. Also, it had a gun or two. And this cover, I think, is very funny. They loaded all the guns up, and there's some teeth that come with the action figure. For, so for those of you who don't know what Brad's talking about, uh, when, the, when the first Secret Wars was around, uh, Ashley and Zach, back when your parents were kids, um, <laughs> they, uh, the action figures came out, and every one of them had a shield. 
Yeah. That made no sense at all. And you used to – back in the day, I would just unwrap it and throw the shield away because I was like, why the hell would Dr. Octopus have a shield? And then just use the toy. Yeah. So I guess that's what he was using in the in the. I always used the good guy's shields because if my cap wore out, he had another one. Oh, man. <laughs> my cap shield. Well, no, the thing that sucked about that was that Captain America did not have the regular shield. No, he had the re- shield like everybody else did. Yeah, he had the – yeah, and that made me mad. I was like, I want Captain America to have the real shield, not not this – uh, the the gentle giant re- re-releases of the figures do, do give Captain America an actual Captain America shield. Right. So, uh, the pro, like I named the pros. I really didn't have any cons. I think this is an excellent book. It's it's everything I want out of a Deadpool and Secret Wars book. So I'm giving this one an A. Deadpool Secret Secret Wars number two again written by Cullen Bunn and Matteo Lali. Uh, Deadpool is walking and is attacked by the lizard. And at one point, uh, his tail falls off and he says, "Hey, Lizzie, don't worry. It happens to every man at some point." Thought that was very funny. We then get the classic, one of my all-time favorites, one of George's all-time favorite, Secret Wars number three fights, where Spider-Man kicks all the X-Men's ass in just a couple panels. It's one of the best uh, comics in history. Love it, love it. I was really worried that Bun was going to take that epic win for Spider-Man away from him, but he didn't. And that's very much a pro. And as Spider-Man finishes that big fight with the X-Men, he's running off to uh, warn uh, Cap and Reed that the X-Men are planning to, to, to I guess, what were they planning to do? They Go were, into the dark side? They were going to no, uh, support a Magneto. Yeah, uh, right. They're right, going to break right, off right, and form the because he's a mutant. Because he's a, we, gotta, we, have to, we, gotta, we have to look out for our fellow mutants kind of thing. So. They right. felt like a lot of the other heroes didn't trust him because they were mutants. And as it turns out, they were correct. I mean, they showed up as a rogue who had stolen Miss Marvel's powers. So the Avengers are looking at her like, you know, after this is over, we're probably going to kick your ass. <laughs> anyway, so uh, after Spider-Man kicks the X-Men's ass, he's, he's running to warn the others. And Deadpool says, hey, X-Men, don't worry, boys. I've got him." So Deadpool rushes after Spider-Man. And Spider-Man stumbles across a room. And filled in the room are the 1980s Secret Wars shields that George was just talking about that all the action, fil- action figures came with. There are hundreds of these shields. In this room. And uh, the shields display images of the future and the past. And, and as Spider-Man walks in, um, uh, Spider-Man's amazed at what the, all the shields and Deadpool comes up behind him and says, does it show me kicking your ass? And so the fight is on with Spider-Man and Deadpool. And Spidey is taunting Deadpool with lines like, today you learn to eat meals out of a straw. I'm like, hell yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Spidey says... Uh, uh, to Deadpool, if the X Men can't do it, neither can you, Fruit Loop. <laughs> I like that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I love wow. it. Wow. So Spider Man then webs Deadpool and slams him against the hundreds of shields, and Deadpool's pretty much done. So and Spider Man just exits, and Deadpool's like laying on the ground. So I'm so glad that Bun did not take the win. He he kept kicking mutant ass. <laughs> Boy, I wonder if that pissed a lot of Deadpool fans off. Oh, no. I, I mean, I don't care. <laughs> made, made the Spider-Man fan happy, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> so then, in this same issue, we cut to um, that classic scene where all the heroes are under the mountain, and the Hulk is holding up the mountain. That's also one of... That's like one of the greatest moments. Love it. Here. Love yeah. it. So, uh, Reed takes Deadpool's shield that he got from that room, and he's messing with his electronics to make a bomb to blow the, sh- the mountain off that the Hulk is is uh, holding and, and Reed says uh, uh, 
to Deadpool, your job is to piss the Hulk off and make him madder and make him angrier. So <laughs> Deadpool just taunts the Hulk. I just absolutely love it. Uh, grade is an A out of this. The pros, I love the Spider-Man uh, fight with the Deadpool and the shield, like I mentioned, and I love the Hulk taunting. And I love that, that Bun used the uh, the shields uh, from the action figures and made it part of canon of Secret Wars. So the shields did exist in the miniseries. There you go. Uh, Deadpool Secret Secret Wars number three, Colin Bunn, Matteo Lolly. Uh, Deadpool, keeping it more Spider-Man related again, like I said, Deadpool comes across the Hulk and Thor who had just gotten out of a battle and they were coming out of this room like we saw and Spider-Man coming in to get the black costume. Anyway, Hulk and Thor come across Deadpool first, and they say, hey, there's a machine over there that fixes clothes. And Deadpool says, uh, you mean like a sewing machine? And he says to the Hulk, so why did you go with shredded purple pants? <laughs> I thought that was absolutely hysterical. Uh, so anyway, uh, Deadpool sits on the same machine Spider-Man does, and he gets a black and white Deadpool symbiote suit. And he says, man, this thing needs more pouches. I thought that was a nice little 90s reference to Liefeld, etc. Uh, he then says, uh, oh, man, I can – and then he goes through all the variations of uh, – this is kind of like me dressing up Barbie when I was a kid or something like that. He goes through several variations of the costume. You used to dress up Barbies as a kid? I, evidently, Deadpool did. Oh, you did. Okay. <laughs> Deadpool did. He then says, uh, oh, man, I can feel it in my head, and that's not a nice thing to do to a symbiote to get all my anger. I'm going to uh, politely put him back. So then, as Deadpool puts the symbiote back into the machine, Spider-Man walks in, and uh, uh, Deadpool says to him, uh, "Remember, Spidey, black is slimming." So I thought that was really, really. Cute. So basically, Deadpool is the one responsible for making Venom crazy. Possibly. <laughs> okay. Possibly. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, great. <laughs> Works. I mean, he, he was only on uh, Deadpool for a few seconds, but maybe that turned the symbiote in. Uh, uh, great. Another A. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Uh, Deadpool Secret Wars number four. Colin Bunn, Matteo Lally. The plot uh, opens... By the way, another pro I meant to add, uh, mention... Uh, while Deadpool is on this world, he is transformed into a very good-looking man, a, a combination, if you will, of uh, Burt Reynolds and, and uh, Tom Selleck-looking, 1980s mustache. Like, uh, like Burt Reynolds and Tom Selleck had a kid? Exactly. So that basically would be, Ron Burgundy. There you go. Ron, he looks very Ron Burgundy. I'll give you that. Yeah. So uh, the Wasp, you know, you know the Wasp loves men. So the Wasp... <laughs> What? The Wasp loves men like she loves an outfit. So okay. issue number four, the Wasp is in bed with the good-looking Deadpool. And she's evidently fallen for that Burt Reynolds mustache. Now, during a big fight with Doom, the Beyonder appears uh, before Deadpool. And the Beyonder looks like an Area 51 alien. And if you put a jerry curl on an Area 51 alien, only it's gray. So anyway, <laughs> and if you remember Secret Wars, uh, uh, Doom has gotten the powers of the Beyonder, and the Beyonder fights to get the powers away from Doom. So anyway, Deadpool says only – as he notices the jerry curl on the Beyonder, he goes, only a supreme being can really pull off that hair. Congratulations. The bird convey hair? Yes, the bird convey hair. The win, the lose, or draw hair. So anyway, the Beyonder is trapped, and only Deadpool can release him in this this little dimension that he's in. And he says, if you release me, I'll give you anything in your hero's desire. 
So uh, Deadpool is like like a genie. So let's give all of our wishes. So basically, the the heroes return to Earth, and Deadpool's wish was that. How do you say that alien that healed people? Zajaji. Oh, Z- uh, Zajaji. Zajaji. Anyway, she died, but Deadpool's wish was that she recovered, and uh, the Wasp doesn't like unattractive men. So she was what a very bitch. much exactly. She doesn't. She doesn't like uh, ugly Deadpool. So she's very much disgusted when his his good looks start to fade. And that's why she hooked up with Magneto. Then exactly. There you go. <laughs> anyway, the yeah. I guess all the heroes got wishes. I guess because the Wasp's wish is that she never slept with Deadpool. And that wish eliminates and erases everyone's memory that Deadpool was ever in the Secret Wars. Oh, okay. So, uh, pro, I love the Beyonder stuff. I thought that with the Jerry Curl was funny. Uh, I guess the con, there is a con of this issue. There's very brief Spider-Man appearance in a black costume, so there's not much here. I guess A-minus on that one. That was the weakest of all of them. But uh, overall, I highly, highly recommend this miniseries. I absolutely loved it. Uh, Bun hit it out of the park. And if you're a fan of the first Secret Wars and the black costume and Deadpool and humor comics in general, pick this one up. George, you have to pick this one up. You're, if you, you love Secret Wars as much as I do. JR, do not pick this issue. Yeah, these issues. But you know what, Brad? I mean... I- yeah, here's the thing. I, I remember the last time Marvel revisited the the first Secret Wars, and it was a Spidey. In fact, I think it was like one of the first things I reviewed for the Crawl Space. Yeah, that one wasn't as good. And as no, that one was a slap to the face, and uh, and really it was like a challenge to a duel. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, is, is what it was. Um, I don't remember who wrote it. Now, I, I I guess a Secret Wars fan may have found him and dueled him. I don't know. Um, but uh, so I'm I'm hesitant. Even though I like Deadpool, I'm like eh, I'm I'm kind of iffy. I'm iffy with anything you, that messes with. It, it's got it's got my highest recommendation. Yeah, but... <laughs> and that that for George doesn't mean shit. <laughs> you also like Spidey and X Men number one, so I did, I yeah. did. Zach, ready to go hit yours up? Okay. All right. All right. Guess not. Okay. <laughs> Where, who wants to go next? Who would like to go um, next? I can try to go next. I can try, to, okay. I guess, with the... Want to uh, do Spider Island or Ultimate Oh, uh, Let's go with the Spider Island first, and I'll kind of okay. keep it simple, because the grade for yeah. the, all three issues is kind of the same, and, yeah, like and pretty much, and pretty much uh, the pros, hey, pros and cons for each one. So, so exactly. I'll just try to cut. So if it sounds like it's going to flow together, that's okay. Also, I'm going to do the first story first, and then the backup second. Okay. Oh, with the Spider-Girl? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, okay. So, with um, as we all know, with Spider Island in the actual event, um, that was when the event where everybody in New York City got spider powers, and then they mutated into those man spi- mutant spiders and everything. And that the only thing the people that were not affected by it were people who already had superpowers. Well, in this Secret Wars miniseries, it postulates that before they could find a cure, the virus mutated. To affect people with spider with uh, superpowers now, and so in the sort of we get and so the premise of this thing is that uh, Flash Thompson or Agent Venom was um, and Spider Man were trying to fight all these heroes and that they got overwhelmed and that Spider Man looked like he died and Venom was like forced to basically crawl away in defeat and stuff. So there's so when the so in the story there's only like a ragtag group of normal humans left along with uh, Agent Venom. The Vision and Jessica Drew, 
And there's a, well, during a, during a recon thing, uh, Flash uh, counters one a, a mole that's in the Spider Queen's army, and that is um, one Jack Russell, also known as Werewolf by Night, yep. because also a breed of dog. That's true. Um, <laughs> and so Jack Russell, he um, when he's in a spider form, he's under the Queen's thrall. But when he transforms into a werewolf, he's perfectly normal. Like he know he's no longer he's he has full faculties and everything, and so so he acts kind of like a double agent, and so he tells Flash that hey, I know of a cure uh, that was being developed at Horizon Labs. You should go check it out. So then, so Flash he goes back to gets uh, gets um, Vision and Spider Woman, and they also get a thing a series of um, they have a he also has a vault which contains a bunch of the old heroes tech and stuff, and he also has some quote. Uh, backup cures. So when they get to the uh, Horizon Labs, of course there is no cure. But the ba- then they have the but the backup cures is this. Flash figured out that the only way to really cure, based on what happened with Werewolf by Night, that if you mutate someone further into something else, they will be cured. They will be no longer in the control of the Queen. So. The the group gets attacked by spider versions of uh, the Hulk, Carol Danvers, and Captain America. So they have quote unquote cures for each of them. Um, with the Hulk, they inject him with the Kurt Connors formula, which turns him into a version of the Lizard. Oh, good lord! <laughs> for Carol Danvers, they inject her with a version of. The Morbi- Michael Morbius' serum, so she becomes a living vampire. And for Captain America, they used the Godstone, which, of course, turns John Jameson into the Man-Wolf. So we get the triumphant return of Cap-Wolf. In this- there you go. Yes. There you go. So that's issue one. And so with issue two, they're, they're new inverted heroes. They were able to beat back stuff. And then um, a spider... Man, man, spider version of Iron Man shows up. Well, they got a cure for him too, and that is to turn him, use the uh, the Goblin formula on him, and that turns him into, of course, into sort of a Green Goblin esque person. And so they managed to bring him back, and so he, so Flash takes him back into the sewer scenes, and he, they's all suit up and everything. We we got we got there's a scientist, and he tells them that the um, well, before that backup, um, he asked uh, Cap Wolf, uh, since you're Cap, so you know you should lead this team. And the Cap Wolf says, "No, no, Flash, you, you've been doing great. I, I, I'm just barely trying to keep my rage as a werewolf in check. So you have, you need to, um, so you're, you should, you're in command. Um, meanwhile, Tony Stark, who is now goblinized, he, he invert, he changes his uh, the color scheme of his armor to uh, green and blue, green and uh, purple." So now he calls himself the Iron Goblin and fl- and flies around on a goblin glider and stuff. Uh, uh. Yeah, um, and um, so anyway, Flash says that there. Well, okay, we have there's a mi- we have um, there's a mission that we're going to go. They're going to recover a scientist who was um, who was uh, changed by um, um, you know by the by the spider virus because because when the jackal because uh, the spider queen. When she killed the jackal, she realizes, oh, she needed somebody else to, um, to uh, you know, help her with her nefarious plans. 
So they go to where uh, I guess the Avengers Tower, which is where their where their uh, up, hold up is, I believe. And so they go to the sci- They go find. They actually do find the scientist, and they do have a particular cure. Now, George. Yes. Are you sitting down? <laughs> uh, I am sitting down. Okay. And, and by the way, everyone, you might yeah. want to turn down the volume of your microphone because what I, you know, is probably going to potentially blow George's mind. Uh-oh. I'm bro- lowering my audio. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. The scientist that the Spider Queen captured was Stegron the Dinosaur Man. <laughs> because what happened was, and he, and apparently she reverted him back into a human form and then he mutated into a man spider. So the cure that Flash administers is the, steak, is the formula that turned him into Stegron. And so he reverts back into Stegron. Again, oh. you know, the dinosaur form again. Good lord. So he doesn't actually pound anybody? No, he's passed out. What the? At the what? At the, well, they knocked him out at a party or something? What the hell? They knocked him out first before they turned him back. <laughs> Poor, yeah, George, you're really into picking this issue up. I think George is about to walk out. <laughs> He's dropped the mic and walked away. Flip, flip tables up in here and then goddamn window. Man, it's been a rough year for Stegron, hasn't it? <laughs> Don't even get me started. I mean, I knew you were going to flip out for the fact of the fact that he actually got himself captured, but you know. But, <laughs> but anyway, there's another surprise waiting for there's Flash. So much fail right now. It's like it's a hurricane <laughs> of fail. There, there's a, there's another there's another surprise waiting for Flash because they he finds out that Spider-Man, of course, is still alive, and that he's Peter Parker. So that's the conclusion of the second part of that story. And so in issue three, they get spy- they, they get they manage to get Spider Man and uh, Stegron out of the room and ta- out of the building and take them back to um, and take them back to their home headquarters thing and stuff. You know, and Flash and and uh, Peter they kind of catch up because Flash is like all stoked. It's like, oh my gosh, I ne- you know, I never really knew that you were ever Spider Man. And Peter's like. Oh, you're not mad at me or anything like this. He's just no, no, no. He, um, you know, I thought you were dead, and so um, they get back. So, um, so then they and then Peter, and so they go to uh, Stegron and Tony Stark, who are working on new cures for the um, spider um, for the Spider Island thing. And Tony Stark basically starts talking smack to Stegron, making fun of his name, and. Um, and uh, Stegron is basically just like going. Why didn't Stegron just say, "Look, herpes farm, stay off"? He pretty much is actually. He's pretty much. He's pretty much. Sorry, he's pretty much talking. To, you know, pretty much talking, telling Stark he's just a stupid mammal. And um, that's fine. And uh, yeah, well, because because Stark is all going off about how he says, "Oh, with a name like Stegron, you were bound to become a paleontologist. So what else could you have been?" <laughs> and. Um, and of course, Stegron, you know, Spidey, Spidey of course, he's, you know, they get, stay he and Stegron, they kind of do a little stare down contest a little bit, because, you know. And then he, and Spidey takes Flash aside and says, you know what? I can kind of understand, I mean, I knew you had to do what you had to do and get, you know, because you were limited resources. And I know that, and yeah, we all knew that Stegron was crazy, but you've got Tony Stark with the Goblin formula, and he's going all Norman crazy on us. 
and I don't know if we can really trust him. And Flash is like, well, that's why I want you here to monitor, to check these, to keep an eye on these guys. Um, so anyway, so Spidey kind of is also there, and he's doing filling around with some more cures and stuff. And so he then asks, okay, so what's the progress of some of because he wants to know what happened to some of his friends and so. So Flash shows him footage of what happened to Mary Jane, Betty Brant, Carly Cooper, and Sharon Carter, and shows them that they're all like spider monsters now. And so the cure that they decide to administer them is more of Kurt Connor's lizard formula. So they turn them. So they basically turn them all into lizard women. Um, so, and then. The Vision just realizes, oh my gosh, they have a tracking device and bomb inside of each one of them. Because, and so he manages to phase in and destroy them, but it's too late because uh, Giant Man, who as a man-spired thing, shows up. And then that's when Iron, Tony, Tony, he decides, oh, well, I'm going to have to, you know, I'll, I'll be able to hold him off. And so he gets, uh, he gets a hold of uh, Black Knight's um, ebony sword, I believe, or the ebony blade. Cause that yeah, was one the, yeah, the one that yeah, yeah, but, which ironically also turns the user cr- even more crazy, but yes. the blood, plus the blood curse. So apparently, I guess Tony is the only one who can wield it because since he's already nuts, so he goes and attacks um, Giant Man and stuff, and what allowing the all everyone else to escape, and that's how um, issue three of the main story ends. Um, I'm probably going to give. Um, I'm probably going to give all three of them because, like I said, about of mm-hmm. the main stories. Well, maybe like a C plus, B minus or so. I mean, yeah. the main thing I do like about it is um, I like the I just like kind of the goofiness of the whole thing about these guys being turned into um, into versions of different Spider Man of different Spider Man villains, like you know Tony Stark becoming like a Nor- like Green Goblin or something <laughs> like that. Um, yeah. The only the big con I do have is that sometimes that uh, Christos Gage, who is the writer of the of the series. Um, and sometimes the writer of Amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man, exactly. <laughs> yes, um, he uh, he tends to do a lot. He tends to like you know he does the old school thing where he basically tells you exactly what happened in the previous issue, even though you have a we have a recap page within the dialogue. So there's very expository, and it takes you out of the story a bit, especially if it's repeating plot points you kind of already know. But but yeah, but it's 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 kind of harmless fun kind of thing even though it's and yeah it's basically even it's a kind of a take on us even though it's a take on us kind of as more of a survival horror kind of genre thing it's still kind of kind of have a sort of a old school goofiness to the whole thing i mean nothing real but nothing serious about it or anything like this right um was it worth your 12 dollars <laughs> uh, well i had to well the thing is i had to review it for um whatever spider-man spider-can.com so um but I mean, yeah, it was all right. Um, now, um, the now as for the Spider Girl backups, um, yeah, because that's a totally different story. So yeah, and the thing is about the Spider Girl backups, um, they're not really connected in any way to Secret Wars at all. It's more like a continuation of what happened to her after Spider Verse, because yeah. in the and because in the first part she's go, grappling with a lot of uh, the death of uh, Peter. And uh, how she kind of feels guilty over the fact that, you know, that she didn't really properly avenge him and stuff. And uh, how she's trying to go through her daily routine and going through school and home life and everything and how she's trying to cope with that. And she's talking to, um, uh, 
you know, Steiner, who is, uh, who, if, if goes to those who don't know, is Cassie Lane, a grown-up Cassie Lane in the, in the MC2. Um, and as she's talking to her friend, they get a, they both get attacked by, um, Avengers Next or the, or wherever the, the, uh, the MC2 versions of the Avengers are, you know, with American Dream and those, and, and those, those groups who essentially believe that Mayday has killed Spider-Man and also that she's not the real Mayday, that she's actually also killed Mayday as well. And Mayday of, and Mayday is kind of going, and they're even pointing out the fact that, you know, you're not even wearing Spider-Girl's costume. You're wearing Spider-Man's costume. And that's, and Mayday's trying to say that, well, that's because I'm Spider-Woman now, essentially. And so, um, but, Eventually, what happens is, is that as they are fighting, um, also uh, then Cassie, uh, she reverts. She starts attacking Spy- uh, Mayday too, and Mayday's like, "What's going on?" And eventually, as we get into the second part, um, we find out that um, the reason why they're 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 all these Avengers are hypnotized by Enthralla, um, and. It sounds I like think, something you got to see the doctor to get rid of. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Zach, uh, Zach would know. Zach would know exactly who. I was actually know who Central is and stuff because he's more. Who, who is that, Zach? Oh wait. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, because um, it means because Central is basically. I mean, she's basically. I think she's the daughter of Mastermind. Okay. So um, that's. Um, and so she's a, and she's also um, an interesting enough. She's an enemy of uh, J two, who is Juggernaut's uh, grandson or whatever it is. Um, so there's a point where uh, there, wait a minute, we got, we got Zach now. Zach. Ask, ask Zach the question. Zach, can you tell us about yes. Enthralla? Tell us about what? Enthralla. 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 Yes. <laughs> what the hell is Enthralla? <laughs> And here you are, right. you're supposed to be the MC2 uh, expert on the panel, and you don't know... Oh, <laughs> oh you're, talking, you're talking about the, uh, the, the, the antagonist in, during the, uh, in, the, in the backup stories? Yes. The, okay, she, uh, she appeared in the annual, I believe it was annual two. Okay. Oh, it's coming out. Here and, it comes. and I believe she also appeared in the first volume in a, in, uh, in a single story towards the, towards the end of the first volume. Okay. So she's only she's only had a couple of appearances, but she has had history. The uh, the annual that I'm talking about is the one where May is holding, ironically enough, uh, looks like she's holding her dead parents. Okay. And it's yeah. a story where where she thought she her parents had died. Okay. Well, so it's a, all so right. It's a feel so, good episode. Feel yeah. good. Yeah. Feel okay. good. Issue. So, in this, but the set, when we get to the end of the second part, Enthralla has hypnotized Mayday. And made her think that J two, um, who of course I think believe is Juggernaut's grandson or son or what have you, um, to make him think that he's actually Deimos, who, if you remember, is the Morlun's uh, brother from Spider Verse, who actually killed um, the MC two version of Peter. So, and then Mayday freaks out and tries to attack J two. Thinking that and tries to and actually tries to kill him because she's like you know I want I need to get my revenge it was a mistake letting you live uh, so when we get to issue three I mean, or the part three of the story she's basically continually attacking J two and he's trying his best to hold her back and he interesting enough he's the only one who can actually see uh, 
enthralla and not be hypnotized by her. Um, so eventually what happens is um, they get back into, at this point, all the Avengers are hypnotized and under Enthralla's thrall, I guess. Um, and so when uh, we did, at that point, we get to reveal who the real mastermind behind all of this is. And those who have watched um, the Ant-Man film will recognize the name. It's Hope Pym, otherwise known as oh, the Red Queen. Um, because, and again, Zach, you can correct me on this if you can, um, because in the MC2 universe, uh, Hope Pym is actually a villain, and she's trying to seek revenge on the Avengers because she blames them for the death of her parents, which are Hank Pym and, uh, Janet Van Dyne. And, and so, and I think, and so she's, and she basically says that at the end of this thing, she declares how the Avengers are hers, and... And she now is out his one big victory, and and um, now so for as this kind of the um, now for these backup stories, I wasn't quite as enthusiastic as I was about out them. I'd probably give them out maybe like a C or so. Um, I think it's just I think part of the problem was that I think uh, Tom DeFalco and Ron Furnace, they think they need this this needed to be expanded. It shouldn't have been shoved into this backup. It shouldn't have been shoved in the in, as a backup in a page in the pages of a Secret Wars comic. It should have been something that stood on its own rather than just, you know, yeah. shoved in this thing. But I think fi- they probably figured, well, we got we got to put this in some way. So I, you know, they figured might as well stick it in here. So all right, Zach, <laughs> let's take yours on. We've got uh, Secret, I mean Spider Verse number two, three, and four. Secret Spider Verse. Secret Spider-Verse. <laughs> Secret Spider-Verse Island. Secret Wars Spider-Verse. Secret Wars Spider-Verse Island. <laughs> there you go. Uh-huh. Uh, go ahead, Zach. Mother. <laughs> wow. Is he away from All his right. phone again? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Wow. He's here and he's not here. Okay, Ashley, would you like to do Spider-Gwen or Silk? Uh, I'll start with Spider-Gwen first to just go ahead and get that sort of way since it's just the one. Yeah. She she had a had a volume one of five issues, right? Yeah, I guess this, that's it. This, I don't think there I don't think there's a six. Not no. that I know of. Yeah. They're relaunching yeah. it uh this October. Right, right. So she's yeah. actually gonna continue on. Mm-hmm. Unlike the, silk. I wonder if that's like a record for the the shortest reboot. <laughs> five issues. I think they've done like one shots before and then they've done another one shot with the same title and called it volume two before. Oh, but a, a one shot is a one shot. You can get away with that. This is like yeah, a, but, yeah, but a when series, you, and then but when you call it volume two, you, you yeah. remember uh, in the eighties the uh, the Transformers was originally a four issue miniseries, and then the sales were out through the roof, and then they just continued the first issue with number five well, instead of number yeah, one. Technically, technically, guys, they're not actually calling the first five issues of Spider Gwen volume one. They're calling it volume zero or when, see, they collect, what? when they collect it all. Or are they calling it season one, oh, <laughs> or season negative one, or season negative one point five? God Almighty! Dang. Anyway, go ahead, go ahead, Ashley. Spider Gwen okay. number five. So where last we left off in Spider Gwen, just brief catch up. She was uh, knocking on Kingpin's door, essentially starting to get involved in his knock, business. Knock, knocking on, knocking on Kingpin's door. Yeah, that's my backup. Thank you, Axel George. Can we get a can we get a grunge version for Spider Gwen? 
Spider Man gets nothing. I'm cutting you off. Okay. More Mountain Dew for me. I'm so sorry. Okay, so the plot thickens. We um. In this universe, uh, Matt Murdock is apparently uh, a slimy muscle man who works for Kingpin and kind of delivers his mail and stuff um, because reasons. He receives notice that, um, let me see, that an old nemesis has struck again, which is, uh, I didn't take French in high school. I took Spanish instead. So I'm going to do my best uh, Brad Pitt from Inglorious Bastards impersonation here. <laughs> So, the, wait, wait. his nemesis has struck again. It's Le Chat Noir. Chat my weir? Le, le, Is that German? Noir, actually. Le Chat Noir. Le Chat Noir. Okay. Yeah. But Le Chat Noir, I'm going with them. Um, <laughs> okay. Chat <laughs> my rear. Okay. Oh, exactly. we, just lost our entire, we just lost our entire French audience. So. Chat my rear. <laughs> if you're chatting out of your rear, you're talking out of your ass. <laughs> it's better than if I actually tried to say it. Okay. Okay. But this is this is um the the Spider Gwen version of Black Cat. Surprise. Who is actually uh, in this universe she's a black woman who ha- who is um French. And she's got a uh, she's got a pretty cool design. I'm kind of like half on board with it, half not, but you know, it's it's something different, which is really cool. And they're bringing Black Cat into it, so I'm happy. So after her fight with uh, with Tombs with the Vulture last issue, Gwen has uh, kind of reunited with her band. Uh, one of the ones that's not MJ and not Gwen, just one of the other ones. I don't I don't know the difference between them. It's I think bitching. one of them's Glory. One of them's Glory, and the other one is Shashan, isn't it? I'm I guess so. They yeah, have it. Their names are the holograms. For crying out loud, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? They haven't like been mentioned by name in about two issues, though. So. Oh, that's outrageous. Truly, truly, truly outrageous. <laughs> I know. We're missing out on some sweet, like, background <laughs> characters here. Yeah. But this one's bitching about Felicia's uh, music career, who leads a rival band called Felicia and the Black Cats. And how she's really <laughs> successful, because, right? Because she's this big pop diva, and she has this really good stage performance, and she's really big, very charismatic. So, you know, she's bitching because, you know, she's successful, but she's not talented. She doesn't have the, the spirit that we have. So, it's just bitching. Sales are but still strong on this thing, right? For Spider-Gwen, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah okay. it's, it's doing very well. It's still very popular. I, okay. I see a lot of um, good feedback on it. But uh, Felicia has apparently benevolently, benevolently sacrificed her, her opening act at this one gig so that the Mary Janes can step in and have a chance to play. But everyone's kind of suspicious and thinking that she's, uh, they're suspecting her, her of having an ulterior motive. We have a brief cutaway just kind of giving us um, Le Chat Noir's backstory here. Wait, wait, wait. Is it N-O-I-R-E? Yeah, yeah that's why noir. it's That's noir. noir. Yeah, I know yeah. noir. What are you, what are you I doing? <laughs> I don't, I don't speak French, so I'm, I'm making fun of myself. That's my Oh, big. my lord. I'm doing a bit. Come on. <laughs> hey, man, back off, man. She's a scientist. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of fading in and out when you guys were talking about it earlier because, I mean, I, I, and I apologize just because Ashley's so boring. But, um. Oh. <laughs> but, but, uh, Damn. Ashley, your turn to rebut. Uh, no, kick him in the butt. Oh, I, I was getting her back for earlier stuff. 
Oh. Yeah, he did. I, he did owe me. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> it was his turn. Anyway, we, we were back in France. Sorry, Go ahead. I didn't mean to derail it with uh, with my counter insult. But yeah, so we have we have um, Felicia's backstory. Her father, like similar to her her origin, and amazing was the one who taught her everything she knew about being a thief. Except he really gets very poetic about it, and is like, you know, it's. The true theft is, you know, something precious, and, you know, you steal what they can't take away and lock away and stuff, so, you know, steal their hearts. So she's become this uh, this amazing singer and diva. Her father, however, was uh, was killed by Murdoch after he stole from the Kingpin. So Felicia has been kind of chipping away at Kingpin to get revenge. So it's very similar to her. It's actually very similar to her backstory in Ultimate, where she's got the vendetta with Kingpin. Uh, she went on to launch her singing career while secretly plotting revenge, which is her real reason for giving up her act here. She's kind of setting up um, the Mary James to be the bait while she draws out Murdoch, and she's going to move in on him then. So while the Mary Janes are performing, she spots Murdoch, who's lurking in the crowd, and she springs her trap with, um, I kid you not, her, her backup dancers, which are French robot cats. <laughs> with guitars and drum sets. With guitars? Yes. Guitars. No, yeah. I know and what a guitar that's I'm just verifying that it was a guitar. They right? are they, we have guitars. Guitars have been cited. There's guitars. It's like saying the word guitar, yeah. No, guitar is a cool yeah. word to say, to say for yeah. explain it for people who don't know what it is actually. That people for a people guitar who guitar is a just go watch community. That kinda is all you need to know about guitars. Oh, it's a car. It's a guitar with a keyboard on it, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, these they're 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 French cats. Like they have the the black and white striped shirts and everything. The little red, you know, ascots. It's ridiculous. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That, 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 you sure know that they're not the hobgoblins? I'm pretty sure they're <laughs> the ascot. They're no one gets that. No. No one, no one is. Well, oh, you, you because, that's what Rod, because that's what Rodrigo Kinsley used to wear. Yes. Oh, there you go. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. I'm gone. That's I'm leaving. I was like a fart in church. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Okay, moving on. So Murdoch <laughs> retaliates the French robot cats and ninjas, and while they're getting ready to face off, Gwen goes off, suits up as Spider Gwen, and crashes the party. She attempts successfully to break up the fight, knocking Felicia out with a single mighty blow. Matt makes a uh, smoke. He makes a. Uh... Sorry. Yes. I was trying to read my handwriting. I, I wrote down some notes. Is it that awful, really? <laughs> no. She could be a doctor. <laughs> my my hand is cramping. Don't don't. Be mean to me. But yeah, he kind of. Um... Let me pull up the page here so I can see what's actually happening. I'm so sorry. She's like holding it. I can't to the read light. my. I can't read my own handwriting. <laughs> Oh, no, that I, it, that, okay. Yeah, I said Matt makes smug at Gwen. He's pretty much just kind of being a smug bastard at her. And he reveals that he knows who she really is. She's forced to swing away and flee the scene as he's called the police, and they're, they're arriving. Back at her home, uh, her father, Captain Stacy, is trying to make sense of all the new developments in their life, given that their home was just personally attacked by the vulture. The wolf comes by to cheer him up and offer some words of wisdom, telling him to just kind of move on, you know, take care of himself. And that is that. I gave this issue a, a B plus because, I mean, it's it's Black Cat. We all know I'm a sucker for Black Cat, even when she's French. 
Um, <laughs> for this one, pros, um, I just, again, just the whole aesthetic of Spider-Gwen is really dynamic. It's colorful. It's just got a, it's got a lot going for it. It's pretty unique. And again, you know, this issue is no exception. We have a lot of uh, familiar faces that are given, um, you know, kind of dressed up in completely different outfits and, you know, thrown into the mix. Um, right. However, I think the biggest con is also that, that is relying too much on the aesthetic. And it kind of feels like a um, the Spider-Gwen, the trading card series. It's like, essentially, <laughs> like, you're just like, <laughs> I'm serious. Nice. This is nice. kind of have like these, uh, you have their faces and their pictures and it's like, oh, that's really cool. And then the story's just kind of thrown together to keep it rolling through five issues. So hopefully yeah. this has been the, the last one for, you know, this set. So hopefully yeah. they can um, find Such a little cards. more, yeah, <laughs> a bit better, better of a platform to launch from for the, the next reboot. How, how, how quickly is this? You said, I'm, I'm sorry, Brad. I was going to say, as you said that, it made me wonder, you know, Spider-Man has an amazingly designed, hence the word amazing, uh, one of the best designs of a costume of all time. And Spider-Gwen has a really, really cool design costume. The thing with Spider-Man was, when he launched, he had Stan Lee to write some good stories to match Steve Ditko's amazing art of that costume. I'm wondering if the writing is lacking with this amazing, uh, with this costume design of Spider-Gwen. I mean, do you think that the, the weakest part of this book is the writer? I don't want to point fingers. Yeah, you do. Well, Come uh, on. <laughs> this is the crawl space. I'm not too familiar do. with the writer's other works, but I feel... Um, it just, do you think the writing is the weakest part? I said You said it's like a trading card series. Yeah, that wasn't a positive comment. No, that wasn't... <laughs> In fact, that's like hitting somebody in the in the Tic Tacs. <laughs> I think just story by story, the writing's been pretty weak. The world building, however, has been pretty on point. It's just the kind of thing where they've created this universe that is, um, you know, very rich and has a lot of potential, but they don't quite know what to do with it yet. And so they're just, I mean, since Spider Gwen is so popular, it's kind of you're just they're just kind of having to produce these on demand. Is it is it like a, a comic equivalent of Gangster Squad when all they really were concerned about with was making it look good and didn't and and, and story just kind of was something that they they did later? I didn't see Gangster Squad, but I'll say yes. Good, you're lucky. I I don't know what Gangster Squad is either. It's that remember it's that one with uh, with uh, Josh Brolin and uh, Johnny Depp. No Johnny uh, no no John, that was Public Enemy. Oh, that's oh, this, oh, okay. Is that the one with Emma Stone in it? Yes, and 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 uh, and what's his name? Communist actor. Uh, that Sean Penn. Sean, thank you. Sean. <laughs> oh, no, no, I didn't see that. Was Mickey Cohen? If you would have said Madonna's ex-husband, I would have got him for communist. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get hate mail now. Yeah. That's hysterical. All right, uh, we got Silk five, six, and seven. Okay, so I'm um I, I graded these individually just since the quality okay. was it just kind of went up and down and up and down, so we'll get to that. I don't actually just quick disclaimer, I couldn't find my copy of Silk number five. I just have my notes for it which are coherent and I, no, I can read my handwriting, so that's that's good. objective really, I mean. <laughs> well, you don't need to read my handwriting, so I'm sure unless, unless you'd like to volunteer. 
It said F.U. George at some point in the prose. Yeah, it, should, it says that, and it's like the, in the margins. <laughs> oh, what do you know? It does. It's right here. Yeah. There you go. Okay, so I'm, I'm reading this one blind since I couldn't figure out which device I had it downloaded onto. All right, so, but um, I do remember it, though. So we open on an unidentified girl who's playing with dolls in kind of a rundown apartment. She can't find her babysitter, so she goes looking through the house for her, calling out for her. But instead of finding her babysitter, she finds a kitty cat. Dun, dun, dun. And we cut back to Cindy at the office, who is angsting over her family while digging through the police records. Uh, JJJ, her new boss, just to remind you, catches her. But instead of um, yelling at her, I just I guess he has a soft spot for um, he has a soft spot for her or something. He actually offers her his help when she tells him she fesses up and tells him the truth of what she's doing. With that squared away, an aide comes up to report that. Um, a man named Harris Porter has uh, reported his daughter missing. The name rings a bell, uh, so Cindy goes off and is on the job. She finds Harris, who is actually that um, the dragon guy, dragon dude, her, her very first villain. And she agrees to team up with him after he reveals that it's his daughter who's been kidnapped. He had actually been kidnapped by the black cat, the kitty cat. It's the we pretty much figure out at this point the dragon dude's daughter was the girl and the opening scene of our little prologue there. Mm-hmm. Spidey goes ahead and swings in because it's been a while and decides to tag along with them. They crash into the warehouse where she's being held captive, knock out some dudes. Silk breaks into the room where they're keeping the girl named Marie, scoops her up in her arms and carries her to safety. However, Black Cat's on the scene to take care of business and make a house call, I guess. Silk urges Spidey to go take uh, Dragon Dude and Marie to safety while she challenges Cat, who somehow over the course of these five issues has become her personal rival. Before she can launch her attack, however, yeah. she's hit with this some kind of sonic attack that incapacitates her and knocks her out. And Cat moves in to claim her prize, but she, however, is suddenly propelled out of the building while it explodes behind her. And she's apparently been double-crossed by one of her goons. Uh, Silk wakes up strapped to an operating table. Scary. Where she's completely strapped down. She's got these like locks on her fingers so she can't shoot webs out of them. The guy who looks a little too happy to see her tells her that no, he doesn't work for the black cat. He works for the people who have her family. And that's where we leave off there. I went ahead. I just gave this issue a C because it was just uh. There wasn't really too much that happened. It was a little lacking in the, uh, I guess, just in the actual substance department. I wasn't really, I wasn't really very tuned into this one. It was just kind of more. I told you this story so I could tell you this one. It's just kind of an in-between issue. Is the impression I got. Okay. So moving on to Silk Number Six, we pick up immediately where we left off in Number Five, where she's strapped to the operating table. She manages to get the guy talking to distract him, and she frees herself by breaking her fingers, and she snatches his teeth from one side of his face to the other, and this is about to really lay into him to try and see what he knows about her family. But before things can get too hairy, Felicia has found her way to the warehouse, and she's intent on teaching this guy a lesson for double-crossing her earlier, since she's, she somehow figured out that he was the one who did it. 
She does so by throwing him through a support beam. You know, just, I mean, who doesn't do that? This causes the whole building to collapse. The ceiling caves in on the guy, killing him. Still, you know, gets really pissed off. And, you know, I kind of have to side with her on this one. And, you know, points fingers at Felicia's. You killed him. Felicia's just shrugs. The ceiling killed him. <laughs> so Silk is completely... Because gravity, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not my fault. Yeah. He was just unlucky. But Silk goes into a blind rage, starts swinging at Felicia, throws herself at her. Cat is ready for her over and kicks her through a window. But before, instead of letting her fall through, she grabs her by her hair. Uh-oh. Yeah. Cat fight. Oh, yeah. We're going cat fight here. <laughs> and decides to it's give cat, her, cat while she's singling her outside the window, she extends <laughs> another job offer. and says, you can work for me. We'd be great together. Why even waste words on that? Cindy is still seen red, decides it's time for an impromptu haircut, slices through her hair, and lets herself fall to the, um, you know, what could be her, I don't know, a, a, a really bad, you know, a sore back, since apparently this fall does nothing to him. She shoots her web up at Felicia, decides to use her as kind of a reverse grappling hook, pulls her down with her. Felicia's kind of balanced amongst the between the fire escapes, finally lands on one and Cindy uses her to slow her fall. They both fall to the ground and um Kat is able to walk it off, but it's clear that Cindy has won the battle. Peter finally shows up, finds her while Cindy's catching her breath, and the two actually share a very genuine moment that doesn't involve um, hormones or or bad science or um, a particular writer's fan fiction of any kind. (laughs) So after going home, and um, Cindy's really struggling to deal with her emotions here with, um, you know, getting so close and then losing her one lead, she finally decides to call the doctor that Reed Richards had recommended to her earlier for her, um, her anxiety. But, uh, which, it, it, it ultimately doesn't matter because the world is literally ending behind her. I went ahead and gave this issue, um, I gave it an A-, minus, actually, kind of a weak A-, minus, but it's up there. Because the, the, the emotion really came through in this issue with, um, with Cindy's rage and her feelings of loss. Um, Black Cat was really fun in this issue. Even though she did get her ass handed to her, it was a good <laughs> fight and the, um, the, the art was just really dynamic, even though it kind of goes with that um, that softer look that makes you know, really, really smooths out the edges. The action scenes are still really sharp and, you know, really satisfying. And then the moment between Peter and Cindy was genuinely touching. And it was nice. It just, uh, all around, it was just, it felt genuine. So the last issue was a C, if I remember correctly? And yes, this one's C. an A? And this one okay. bumped up to an A. Okay. okay. All right, we got one last but, one, yeah. right? This, this is, is this the last this issue? This is the last issue of Silk. Okay, got it. This I'm, one just came out. Recharge I have, again. As Silk <laughs> Volume 2. Yeah. I, I, haven't re- I, I haven't read seven. So this will be yep. Yep. Okay, yeah. So this one, um, it's 
That doesn't sound why, promising. Why did you go Edward G. Robinson <laughs> in there for a minute? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you see this? This one sucks, see? This one's an ass. terrible, see? It's terrible, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, while the world is aging, um, Cindy's back at work, because you know what else they're going to do. JJJ somehow finds the time to tell her, oh, hey, I may have a lead on your family. Remember that? You know, this really minor inconsequential thing in my, my job as former mayor of the city trying to deal with the end of the world. Yeah, I, re- I remember you. You're special. <laughs> he, found, um, he found that a man who may possibly but probably is not but will be anyway be her brother was recently, um, you know, taken in due to gang affiliation. He revealed that he was um, going... He said that his name was Albert Moon essentially what keyed her in. But she says, no, it can't be him because he was associated with the gang. And she's like, he'd never do that. I mean, I haven't seen him in 10 years, but, but you know, I still know him. He, there's no way he could change. That aside, she goes to swing away, but is constantly pulled to, uh, you know, pulled aside to, to save various people because the world's ending. And did, you, did you hear, guys? The world's ending. This takes up yep. probably half of the comic. Don't worry, it will get better. So, <laughs> yeah, world will heal itself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> forget this global warming, secret war stuff. I mean, come on now. Yeah, see, see um, her her endeavors end up with her trapped up under, uh, under a bus, but she's ultimately saved by you know her old friend Dragon Dude. He's been around since the first book. Got to get him one last appearance, and he um, she's able to get back on track, and she gets to where her brother, you know, where her alleged brother is being held, and well. I mean, it's, probably, it's her brother. What did you think? <laughs> they share one last hug and make up for, for lost time in about three panels while everything around them is literally being erased away. And that's the that's the end of Silk. Roll credits, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pro and con and great on that one. Um, pro is... I, I really... I guess I, this pro is not really for this one issue. It's for the series as a whole. It's really gotten me to, um, I mean, y'all remember how much I bragged on Silk. Mm-hmm. But at the end of this, I'm actually really sad to see her go. I'm like, you know, she she had so much going for her. She, you know, you know, you, you kind of started to, to empathize with her and kind of feel for her plight. And you just kind of see like, it. Isn't that like night and day from when we came out of slot Silk? I know. This Silk I mean, actually I, has feelings. Exactly. I mean, you and I both hated Silk mm-hmm. and written by Slot, and I'm amazed that I like this book mm-hmm. it's, it's, more than Spider Gwen. Mm-hmm. But it's, now, it's just um. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, Ashley. Um, um, since I've actually also read this issue as well, and I liked it as well. Uh, um, do you think? I mean, because do you think that this issue? I mean, if if you got the feeling that this kind of hinted as to why, when the next time we actually see Silk, she's going to be, you know, a some quote unquote villain working for the black cat. Did I you get that? That's right. I remember that. Um, I, I'd forgotten you, about that until you told me. But yeah, but I don't know if you got any of that vibe. I mean, because to me, there was, seemed to be a really strong indication, especially when it turns out who, who her brother was actually a, which gain her brother was affiliated with. Yeah, um, yeah, I can, I can see them, them swinging that direction now. If mm-hmm. she's trying to, um, to continue digging. And they mm-hmm. find like, she's going for some kind of retaliation. Right. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. And this just goes to show, I guess, that... Uh, whoa, whoa, wow. Whoa, whoa. He's there, uh, all-powerful odds. Back, back up off the mic, sir. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, I, Damn, everyone, look at that man behind the curtain. <laughs> Better? Yeah. Better? Okay, go ahead. Wow. Now, This is just a testament to you get somebody else writing a character. There's no bad characters. There's only bad writers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 100% on that. But yeah, this first I I really kind of got attached to this series and the way she was written in it, and I really wanted, you know, I did want her to to find her family and you get kind of a sense of. Um, and, and did you ever think that you'd be happy that uh, Black Cat got beaten by Silk? I'm not happy, but it was justified, so I can't so argue I'd with never, it. You never, I would never thought you'd 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 accept that. That's awesome. All right. Oh, real quick, just cons. Oh, oh go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Um, it was very clear that this this book was written because it it had to be to kind of shoe in with Secret Wars, and so it was very rushed. It was um, there was a lot that just kind of didn't make sense. It was it was kind of slapped together, like as far as oh JJJ just you know happens to remember her and you know what she's looking for, even though the world is ending. And, you know, I mean, come on, mm-hmm. that's such a stretch, and um. The fact that most of the book is kind of spent with random acts of heroism that don't even... They're just kind of there as filler. Mm-hmm. So you have... You just have a bunch of filler and a, a beginning and a, a kind of ending just all slapped together. So it, it just... Mm-hmm. they get a, I gave them a B for effort because I know what they were probably up against here, but ultimately the issue got a D just for mm-hmm. really falling flat. Wow. C-A-D. Yeah, I know. CAD. Now, <laughs> Uh, actually, the, you probably know the answer to this. Um, how fast are are the replacement issues coming? Like, how fast are the vol- is volume two coming? Is it like isn't like there's like a one month gap or something? Like from from now? From for like Spider Gwen and Silk? Yeah, from now. I would like their their final issues. Uh, Google. I think Spider Gwen is coming out in October, and Silk is coming out in November. So we'll with Spider Gwen, there's absolutely no no pause. There's just oh, uh, like are they having? Is this going to be um, continuous? Are they going to do a stop break? And yeah, then... I'm like wondering like how long it's going from volume one to volume two. So I, is there a couple months? I don't know. I think in Silk they're going to have like kind of a canonical break that they're going to go to um, maybe like a couple months later. Yeah. You know, get, get you no, up. no, I what, meant like in real time. I meant like in. Oh, are they oh, well, taking, like, an actual hiatus? Yeah, I mean, I'm not talking, like, actual publications of it. Like, how long is it from the end of this one to the beginning of this? But I think Mike already answered it. Mm-hmm. How, how long is it, Mike? It's going to be the, – the new volume uh, for uh, Spider-Gwen is coming out in October, and the new volume for Silica is coming out in November. And I think since Seven came out, I think either late August or early September, so you're talking maybe two, three – you know, probably two months or so between volume okay. – between issues, so – there you go. Nope. All right. Uh, so you're definitely picking up volume two of Silk, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm I'll be yeah, happy to. You're down. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Cool. All right, Zach. Let's tackle yours. Are you there? Uh, I am here. Oh, there you are. All right. Wow. Third time's the charm. <laughs> when I go to him. it's magic. Uh, so, oh, oh, oh Spider Verse number two, three, four. I thought I scared four. you away with my butchering of the Spider Girl story, but that's okay. So. <laughs> you know. I, uh, I, I, unfortunately, well, 
well, never mind. We'll talk about that after the show. Um, okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, here is, okay, so Spider-Verse number three. Remember, guys, when that... Number two, that, number two. Number two, excuse me. Um, yeah. Remember that time back in, like, May of this year when we were all like, oh, yeah, Spider-Verse, it's finally over. But wait, there's <laughs> more. <laughs> <laughs> Why yes. do you have to remind yeah. me? Uh, yes, yes. So, um, okay. So we're kind of give. It's been a little bit since we've done this. So let's let's give a little bit of a, a of a flashback. We uh, we kind of wake up in a hodgepodge type of world because Spider Gwen has crossed over into the through the ether to this new. Um, remember, because Secret Wars is a hodgepodge world itself. So this is all. This is like the collection of spiders, so to speak. So Spider Verse is basically the the re um, getting the band back together, and that's basically what issue two is all about. Issue two is uh, got Norman Osborn and Osborn Industries in the cover with the great, uh, really great Spider Gwen cover. Um, okay, it's uh, Mike Costa who did the who did the writing last time. Andre, uh, are 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 you are you are you low? I don't know how to say his last name. Uh, I'm not low with you. <laughs> uh, Rochelle and Rosenberg are 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 the credits, and uh, we 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 ended last issue with uh, Spider Ham, Gwen being on the ceiling, and Norman Osborn being you know Norman Osborn and creepy because you know the overtones of Sin's past kept like flashing in my brain, like <laughs> like uh, yeah. I needed brain sleep afterwards. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah. we pick up where the last issue left off, where Norman is. Uh, in the room with Spider-Pig and, and Gwen, and, and Spider-Pig is... Uh, in this issue, it's kind of interesting, because Spider-Ham is actually revealed to be a, a ally of Norman's, and he's uh, eating Wait, bacon... What? what? Yes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <the> flip tables. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, yeah, the pig is in on it. <laughs> you know, uh, Gwen steals... He's not a hero in this universe. Yeah. Gwen steals pig... And Norman's like, wait, wait, don't shoot them because that girl doesn't know what she's doing, right? So, so Pig and uh, Gwen have a conversation, and and they're talking back and forth, and and it, they're talking about, man, this this seems like a dream because we just woke up from this nightmare six months ago. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> it wasn't six months ago, but it seems like six months ago. So all of a sudden, we wish it was longer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when 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 Gwen and Pig are talking. The rest of the uh, Spider Friends web warriors show up, which is Aranya. Aranya girl, I will not call her Spider Girl, no matter how much money you pay me. Uh, no one's paying you anything. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not going to say it. <laughs> uh, we got Spider Spider-Man India and uh, the Captain Captain Spider from Britain. Captain Britain, Britain Spider-Man, yeah. yeah. The Brit- British Spider-Man. So they all meet back at the uh, safe house of... Is his name Spider UK? Yes. Or am I making that up? It's oh, it's Spider UK. That's it. Spider Uck. What a give up. They couldn't call him Spider Bloke or something like that. Just Spider Uck. That's like if Stanley called him Spider Man USA. <laughs> so we, we didn't cut to Chinatown where. Uh, yeah, let's cut to Chinatown. All right. <laughs> Do we see the gremlins? The dad buying a gremlin? No, 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 no dad buying any gremlins. But this is where uh, the Indian version of Peter Parker is hanging out. <laughs> we also then get a scene with Tombstone and Carnage teaming up because that's the team up you demanded. We have Spider-Man Noir trying to act like Batman. 
<laughs> do, you, do your Batman. Oh, what Batman have they done quick. to him? Let's, yeah, let, let's hear Spider-Man Noir so, as Batman. Yeah, this is so dark and gritty. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Now, Mike, you do it. Oh, God. Tell me, do you bleed? You will. <laughs> Both of your Batman that. sound rapey. <laughs> and I'm a little frightened. I'm just going to tell you that. Okay. George, you got a, you got a Spider-Man Noir voice? Do I have a what? You have a Spider-Man Noir voice? Um, no, for me, he just sounds like Rorschach. <laughs> Watch, man, because that's basically, I think, what it, what he's supposed to be. Yeah. Basically, yeah, exactly. So... Uh, so the, the spider friends unite, and uh, they jump through. Oh, my God. You're talking Watchmen, aren't yes. you? Yes. No, the, I'm talking I, about the Rorschach I, from uh No, from, from I, I thought you were talking about What the hell are you no, talking I, about, Douglas? I thought you were talking about Welcome Back, Connor, but that's Rorschach. I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Rorschach. <laughs> Rorschach, well, not goddamn. No <laughs> I thought we were going Welcome Back, Connor. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ashley's trying to get the episode back on track. <laughs> you know the wheels are off. Quick, the bus. quick, while he's distracted. Right, so, so a fight ensues between Tombstone and Carnage. Uh, Spider-Man Noir is able to to subdue Carnage thanks to a sonic gun that he got from 1920. Where the hell that came from? Nobody knows. I guess from his ass. Duh. <laughs> I think it came from his ass. It's the only wow. thing I can think of. So anyway, he then sus- subsequently shoots him, puts two slugs in his chest, but doesn't kill him because, you know, they don't kill. This is so stupid. Um, they never read Spider-Man Noir. <laughs> and so, needless to say, they have a chat, and then all of a sudden the Sinister Six shows up. And if you, yeah. if anybody has seen the the electro costume, that is the describe, worst electro costume. It. Oh, it's like okay. If, think of um, okay. Do you remember the electroproof suit from issue four twenty five, Brad? Oh, in the nineties. Yeah, the yeah. Steve Scrooge version. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Think that yellow. It's ugly. Okay, think oh, that. God. Mix that up with the. Um, the chapter one costume, and that is the electro costume in this issue. Awful! It's awful. It's it, it's it's it's. It, Who it wrote this book? Uh, Mike Costa. Okay, I don't not familiar with Mike yeah, Costa. And then, and then you've got like, and then you've got Craven, uh, who who has like, he's got like the fur on his on his jacket, and he's got like a douchey jacket, and then he's got like his chest <laughs> hair hanging out, <laughs> and he's got like, a tank top on with some some. Some seventies leopard pants. It's awful. The, the scorpion <laughs> doesn't look that bad, but you know, and the vulture kind of looks the same as well as uh, Sandman. Oh, Mike Costa wrote the Sp- Scarlet Spiders in the uh, uh, miniseries. Yeah, okay. so I had some expectations for him that have now been completely yeah. squelched. Um, and then you've got Doc Ock, who <laughs> kind of looks like a who looks like an Oompa Loompa with some Doc Ock arms. I, he just does. <laughs> So that is how the issue ends. Issue that's issue. Wow. Um, well, are you gonna give that for? So a he's an orange midget. <laughs> well, he, he does, he's not orange, but he he looks like kind of like an oompa loompa. Is he like is he like a, like a midget with like that uh, that George Hamilton spray on tan? Sort of. <laughs> not, 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 not not. He's not orange. 
the orange part. I'm talking about his size in, in re- relation to his arms and the relation of the perspective of how the final splash page is. He looks like an Oompa Loompa with, with uh, Doc Ock arms. What's your grade on that one, Zach? Uh, it's going to be a D-. minus. This really wasn't that good. Um, it was basically completely and utterly pure setup. The fact that they're having these dreams um, is... To me, this this entire miniseries was put together for two reasons. One, more Spider-Gwen, because we all demanded it. And and two, because, oh, Spider-Verse just ended, and we're about to do all these universe-crossing gobbledygook bullshit. And... <laughs> That's funny. The uh, the artwork. Yeah. Um, well, hello, Zach. You there? Can you hear me? Nope. Are you? Did you voice. move across? Or are you shouting at the computer from across the room? No, no, no I'm, I'm not. Can you hear me now? Because you're just because you just had a you, volume. You got drop. really low. How about now? How about now? That's there. Fine. You are. Yeah. You're back. You're back. Okay, all right. Sorry, the earpiece fell out, and yeah. We're teeny. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're saying something about the art. The artwork is really not that good. Uh, yeah, I mean, because I've actually seen a couple of it, and it looks like they're all. It looks like they've all been. Um, they look like actually they're like Gumby, that they've all been, been sent on the sun too long. Almost is that is the way I would describe it. Overly baked Gumby. That, yeah, that is, that's too. George, was that from Star Wars? Yeah, that's what the dollars say. Because I imagine Zach, you know, kind of like clinking around on tech, you know. That's and exactly what I And then it just popped in my head. What's the word again? Hootini. Hootini. <laughs> <laughs> have a serious review. The, and, and the, George, George and Brad are having the circle jerk over there. The Jawas. The Jawas just fixed <laughs> Mike. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Okay. So a D. D minus or D. D minus. Wow. All right. Do we get better with issue number uh, three? Uh, the artwork gets marginally better, but that's a you know that's the damning with faint praise. Uh, so we okay. have. have <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to nice. say anything that might offend you know like certain listeners of the audience, but Craven kind of gay. I'm not gonna lie. Wow. He looks like a he does, and and so we have we have the. Is he dressed? Well, I mean, what, how, way, I mean, did you not hear me describe his? Dude, he he's like always this, dressed a little fabulous. Now, come on. Yeah. Well, no. This. Okay. I can. I can take fabulousness. This is just like really bad seventies. He looks like a seventies porn star. Is really, what he looks like. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He looks more like a seventy, really cheesy seventies porn star with leopard pants. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so we have we have the Sinister Six on one side. Not everybody you know can pull off leopard pants. He's got a camo shirt too. He's got a camo shirt and leopard pants. You're you're saying yes. these things like negatives. You got some leopard pants in your closet, there, George. Well, you go pull it off and give me something to compare this to. We <laughs> should put it on the front page there, Douglas. Oh, I don't think I've ever uttered the sentence to another man. Do you have some leopard pants in your closet? <laughs> But this is what the podcast brings to you, folks. Hey, that, that would be almost as bad as the time you put that picture of a guy in a dress on on. Uh, oh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> that's a that's a wow. That's a yeah. flashback reference from nineteen. Oh wow! I just pulled up the image. Wow! Yeah, that's uh, whoa. What is this? Well, the art the artwork is rough. Well, I'm I I'm looking at it here. 
You see Adrian Toomes in the background with his little upside down U of a mouth. All right, let me because because right now you're making him sound like uh, like Harry Reams from the glory days of seventies porn. So now I'm interested. <laughs> no, it's okay. Go ahead. It's basically We're getting ready for the, a fight. Oh, he just dropped. Yeah, it's basically. <laughs> what the it's basically. Just saw the image. <laughs> <laughs> look at the look on Sandman's face. Zach just dropped off because he can't take those leopard pants. Look at no, that. No. Looks like he's going to Disney World. Oh, yeah, Sandman Disney does World. Like, he's like, oh, oh, oh. He's like, he's just, he's just like, he's over there like, he's over there like Matt Damon. Akak does look like a Oofa Loofa on that. Oh, uh, okay, now you, now you, are you, are you seeing, are you, now you're seeing what I'm seeing, Doug. We're all sharing a moment here. I just chat of the, uh, what, Sandman does look like he's going to Disney World in that very first panel. That, oh yeah, Craven looks like looks like the bad guy from Commando had a kid with Freddie Mercury. <laughs> Freddie Mercury. That's what <laughs> it looks like. I think that's, that's it. it. We have that's Freddie it. Mercury. And from that's now it. on, for the rest of this review, he will be referred to as Freddie Craven. <laughs> Freddie the Hunter. This is Freddie Krueger. Show us go on. <laughs> we are the champions, my friends. <laughs> I don't know that we can. I don't know that we can call him Freddie Mercury because I. I like Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury was cool. So Freddie Mercury was was the man. Oh but, yeah, but, but you know, I, I'm, I'm now seeing the yellow electro costume and it's hideous. Yeah, that thing. That, it's like, oh my god, call him mustard man. I mean, what is that? Mustard man. There you go. Yeah. It, Sidekick and Doc Ock is basically look like looks like he's wearing like a GI Joe like I don't know like, like life preserver basically. This is bad. <laughs> this is some terrible artwork. All right. Damn. It, and, and like he has a monkey face. Why, yeah, why does that? Why does Doc have a Norman? No, no Doc Ock. They all yeah. look at monkey faces. Okay, a Doc, Doc oh, is like yeah. one of the one of the Golden Girls. <laughs> it's BR <laughs> with arms. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for being. And I love how uh, the vulture is his, his eyebrows and his mouth are just just replicas of each other. Oh man, this is some man. terrible. Okay, look at we, we've thrown, we've thrown Zach off. Go ahead, Zach, man, he, take it through. Uh, okay, then I'll, I'll one last comment. Look at Aranya. Aranya, yeah, yeah, I see her. Barely tell she's a woman. Where's she at? Wow. <laughs> We are going to get hate mail for that. Oh, well, like I said, it looks like they were all, they're all made, they're like Gumby. They look like they've all been made out of clay and they've been left in the sun for too long. There's <laughs> no curve. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, yeah. So we have, Spider-Man doesn't look too good either. No, Spider-Man no, Spider oh, doesn't look good. God, no, but Spider-Man has teeth. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way. To and the men, I mean, the men don't have muscles either. Well, well, pig have teeth. That's Dude, I, I, that far I've off. seen I've seen people on crawlspace. It draw makes better. me uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, okay. Are you, are you okay, Ashley? You always <laughs> offended with the pig. Right. Thing. So we. Oh we, God. I think it looks sweet. <laughs> so then we have the obligatory fight between Sinister Six and the uh, not so magnificent Magnificent Six, aka Spider Friends. The uh, fight takes up several pages of the issue, so I'm not going to go into the explicit detail. But anyway, the, the spider friend... I like him jumping up on uh, Freddy Craven's shoulders. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> like that's it's go time. <laughs> yeah, anyway, needless to say, we, we then realize that the Sinister Six are actually superior. <laughs> See what I did there? Uh, 
to the to the spider friends, and they actually defeat them. They then bring him bring them to Norman, where Norman's like, "Sorry, I'm just trying to bring. I just wanted you guys to come in. They actually were supposed to take care of uh, Carnage and Tombstone because you know you guys are too incompetent to actually take care of those guys. At least that's what I think." Oh Lord. So uh, anyway, the uh, Gwen basically Norman reveals that they are part of the Great Web because nobody got tired of the Great Web and how the web was woven in the last iteration of Spider-Verse. And the web is in tatters, so that they're act- and, and they're revealed that they're actually a part of the webbing. Again, yeah. the uh, it, it's, a, it's a terrible, yes. it's a terrible, terrible... Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, having trouble getting through the, the, the recap. Anyway, Gwen takes off. She decides, instead of you know going out like a normal person, like through the skylight, she decides to rip the window off and swing off into the night. And uh, she ends up going to Queens, where the uh, <laughs> where, where Gwen Stacy is revealed to be gone too soon once again. That's where her life is because you know she's dead. All of a sudden, then at the very end of the issue, actual Peter Parker from this particular version of the universe shows up. He used to be Spider-Man. Dum dum dum. To be continued in issue number four. A- any pros? <sighs> None. I, I thought the you, spider ham eating eating a pork sandwich was funny. Okay, but, okay. That, cannibalism, that, that, yeah, cannibalism is funny to you. That, that was the best. When, cannibalism was the best thing in the book for me. That, yes. The fact is, when when spider ham becoming a cannibal is the best thing about your book, your book is fundamentally <laughs> wrong. I know. It, I, I, I keep know going it. Th- further through this, and this is re. I mean, I don't ever want to say artwork is bad, but you know, I, I don't because I can't do it at all. But I'll say it. <laughs> this I, I, this is definitely not the right style. I, I I'm sure that there's like people who have been passed over for art before, like at conventions or you know through other things, who are, have legitimate questions after this issue. I will also say this: we don't know how what the deadline type of deadlines that there there were imposed on this particular miniseries, but if, if this is not this art style could work. In like a comic strip format, mm-hmm. it could work in a indie comic. It, it does not work. Out. Indie comic was exactly what I was saying. Indie comic, it could work as. Yeah, and, but I don't think it works as in a mainstream Marvel title. It just no. doesn't. You know, I, I'm. Let me look. Is this the guy that did the uh, all new Ultimates book that I hated? I the art looks in actually. Uh oh. It looks like he did some work with IDW. He's known for his uh, work with GI Joe, which actually I, I got a picture of it here. It looks it looks pretty good. It's not. It, it looks really the... different. It looks... That sound that you hear is Ashley's fan on her computer. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to keep George from sleeping tonight. <laughs> we talked about earlier that it sounds like a ghost. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> the ghost of a dead child. No, that he didn't do all new Ultimates. Okay, it looks like the Ultimates artist. Um, he did all new X Men and Ooh. the all new X Men Hulk Superior Spider Man team up. Scarlet, he did Scarlet Spiders. Um, that artist did that. Yeah, I, I believe so. It has to be the inks then. Yeah, I, I don't think that. No, wow. no, no. It was uh, that was uh, Rodriguez. I think was was his name on Scarlet. Because Spiders. I think he's doing the inks in this ish in this series as well. The artist for. Um, for for Spider Verse here, this one actually, from what I understand. So, uh, and, and the sad thing is, is the covers on all of these books are so much better than the inside. I was mm-hmm. just about to say that. Yeah, that's deceptive. 
as you look at the covers on these books, like, and you know, issue number four is going to have a soft spot in my heart because you get you get to see the the. 1970s Jackal with Norman Osborn and the, for some reason the Enforcers are on the on the on the cover, but they they don't yeah. appear in the issue. No, but I mean, <laughs> let's get to issue four. Yeah, issue four. Um, it starts with Gwen and Peter meeting up and you know hugging out, and then all of a sudden, because you demanded it, Venom appears. Yeah, why Venom is appearing, nobody knows. So. And I have to say, the the image of Venom being crushed by a tree. And oh yeah, <laughs> she, she, she kicks a tree in. A, she's like basically what? She kicks a tree into him or something? Yeah, yeah. It's so cartoonish. It's like like the look, of Peter, the look on Peter's. Face. <laughs> I'm looking at the panel right now. <laughs> yeah. The look on Peter's face is hysterical. Venom <laughs> <laughs> is taken out by a tree. Okay, so so those that hate she Venom, just kicks a tree on his face and he's done. <laughs> we, need to, we need to make that the next message board better. Hold on, that's going to be the next message board. Oh my god, that's so goddamn full of wind. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so, so Gwen. Oh. Lord. Gwen, because she's a genius, decides to, to swing Peter up on top of a power pole. And when Peter nearly falls off, she's like, whoa, hey, I thought you were Spider-Man. And he's like, uh, dude, I don't have my powers anymore. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then, of, of course... <laughs> this is this is some funny shit. <laughs> so, so Peter, you know, who is precariously sitting on this power pole. This is this is just what doesn't make any sense to me. Is that she doesn't get they don't get back on the ground. They have to sit on the power pole when he's right next to like thirty thousand volts that could kill him. Now, Gwen, maybe not. Peter, if he's powerless like he says he is, he's probably going to die. Then all of a sudden, Venom decides to get off of his tree. He's like, I found you. He's like a dog in tissue. I found you after I thought you were lost to me. And now I will have you forever. <laughs> oh, Dutch. Love you, Dutch. Gwen, and hug you, Gwen, and, and crawl I, walls for you, Gwen. Squirrel! <laughs> oh, my God. I will hold you and love you and squeeze you, George, George. <laughs> so, uh, we then cut to our, we cut back to Aranya, who, again, doesn't look like she's a female other than her long hair. Uh, Wait a minute, what about Venom <laughs> hitting Parker off the No, no, Gwen's having to say, he's, she, uh, to, she is actually, quote, saving a grown man from a monster. So, so what <laughs> we then cut back to the lab where, where, uh, where uh, uh, Spider-Ham is like, there's a buffet upstairs. It's a buffet <laughs> upstairs. Because that's all that Spider-Ham's there for, to sit around, be unmasked, look like a pig, and eat. I don't like it. <laughs> Make the images stop and ask the brain. He needs a brain bleach. <laughs> oh, so oh look, Spider Ham's chowing down. Yeah, Spider, yeah. So, so meanwhile, um, Captain Britain and Norman are trying to figure out the web of life, and Peter Peter Parker is dealing with researchers and stuff. Or uh, Indian Peter Parker is dealing with researchers, and so. Uh, since they're, since Aranya's just doing nothing but sitting ar- around, her and Spider-Ham go decide to chow down and nom-noms. He he makes a green eggs and ham joke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, oh, God. They I use for, cilantro on holidays the green... on Sundays to make green eggs and ham. Get it? It's like the book. Hey, I know the hey, book, Ham. Okay, when you have to resort to Dr. Seuss humor with, with <laughs> Spider-Ham, you have failed. 
Spider Ham looks goddamn creepy in this. Yeah. He really does. I'm legitimately getting, like, creeps. It is. It's it's creepy. It's like that uncanny valley theory, you know, where, like, like they they make the robots, and if they're too close to looking like us, it, like, creeps us out more than if they look nothing like us. Because it shouldn't look like this. Big hairy eyebrows. <laughs> Let's go back. Next is the uh, Spider Gwen fight. Spider Gwen fight. She knocked was... a tree on him. Yeah, she knocked. Now what she do? Now, now uh, she's she's trying to save Peter, and she's luring him in. And she's like, "Hey," because apparently in her universe she's never dealt with the Venom and Carnage, which is fair. So she's asking Peter if they have the same weakness. So then they decide to go to Guitar Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> they lure Venom in. She cranks up the volume and plays a, she plays a D uh, uh, a D chord and silent with with the biggest amps that she can find. And nice amps. I knew that was going to happen. And of course, uh, Venom is Venom is you know stunned. Eddie, Eddie's sitting around like going in his in his boxers with, with hearts, his on, hearts him. on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like a cartoon character, Spider Gwen has knocked him out with a tree, a uh, uh, a meter, yep. and amps. Yep. <laughs> the volume lever is saying you better run, and it's and literally it's cranked up to eleven. So, and they say so, yeah. <laughs> oh, so there's a spinal tap reference. There's a spinal tap reference in this book, yeah, because that's so fitting in a book like this. You know, that's <laughs> just it was Terry. Maybe Nothing is fitting in a book terrible. like this. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, Peter, Peter then punches Eddie, Eddie Brock out where he thinks he broke his hand because okay we have another book where Peter Parker is once again a limp-wristed pussy uh, <laughs> so sorry uh, anyway so she ha- uh, so anyway yes. um, we then cut back over to the lab where uh, Petra Parker <laughs> Or not Petra Parker. That, that's the female Peter Parker. Uh, Indian Peter Parker gets, gets a text message with his with his phone from, I guess, Gwen taking a picture of Peter saying, Norman, we need to talk. Norman then freaks out and breaks the phone, so that means he must have his goblin powers. Um, he's trying to figure out how he's alive. So, meanwhile, Indian Peter Parker is being told to stay there, and he expects progress. So, uh, Norman then gets the Sinister Six with Freddie Mercury, Craven, to suit <laughs> back. some darts. Playing some darts. <laughs> suit back. They're ready to go back out to hunt another spider. And he's bringing his glider for this one. Ah, uh, okay. Earlier in the issue, whenever, uh, whenever Spider-Ham was talking about his green, e- green eggs in ham, uh, he he was talking about this crown that looks like basically the this universe's version of Cerebro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Uh, so uh, he's trying. Uh, Spider Pig is trying to explain all of this to to the team, but then all of a sudden, lightning strikes, and the dreadlocked version of of the female Thor decides to show up and say. <laughs> you must get away from it immediately. <clears throat> to be continued. Okay, okay, so on the thing I'm looking at. Yes. Uh, 
the Jackal and the Enforcers are on the cover. But they yes. don't appear in the issue. So, the, so they're just not in the issue. So it's been bendished out of the <laughs> issue. This, 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 to me, this should have been the cover to issue one because the Jackal actually did appear in issue one. Well, I, the cover looks like a, a much better story. <laughs> Frankly, I mean, <laughs> yeah, there is no, yeah, there's no jackal or enforcers, is there? So the covers are good looking. Covers are great, and and that's part of the reason I haven't given them F's. But but yeah. you know, no, despite you, that, no, stop, stop. I'm going to tell you the same thing I'm telling Douglas. A cover is just <laughs> that. It is just one damn page. It's not even the most important page. It's the first one you see, sure, but it's got nothing. It's got it's fuck the- all to do with story. <laughs> I don't, it makes it tries to sell the book. I don't, I don't, I don't care story. how fan fantastic the cover looks. If the story sucks, the story sucks. Stop softballing these reviews just because no, they no, have no. a just because they have a pretty cover. No, no, no. I'm not softballing the review, Barryman. I'm, 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 I'm looking. I'm looking. I, I'm I'm looking at the book as a whole, and the book as a whole, the cover is a part of that. So the cover has to factor into the grade. No, I believe. I, no, no. Because it's it, could, it could lift it could lift an F to a D. I'll give it, I'll give you that. I'm giving it a D minus. Okay. Very minus. Giving it a D minus. It's as close to an F as an F. I'm not making it. An F. The cover does not give it an well, A. Well, it would be an F except for this one damn thing <laughs> that has that has that's, nothing that's to do with pro. The His pro is the cover. My pro is the cover. That's it. Yeah. Oh my god. That's funny. Oh my that's funny. Okay. Do you want me to go retroactively, you know, uh, go some retroactive continuity here and say, "Oh, they're all Fs?" No. <laughs> For Fs. No, no. It's you know what? It's pointless <laughs> to try to talk ethics with you people. Oh, George. Don't don't you know, don't, don't, don't bullshit just, me up. Just, just do whatever. <laughs> hell, hell, F it, Jack. Give it a G. <laughs> give it <laughs> give, give it a give it a uh, uh, e and a half. All right, all right, all right, boys. Texas, break it up. Break it up, Texas. What? Break it up, Texas. Program. All right, let's go ultimate. Let's go ultimate in. This ought to take three minutes. Ashley's over there in the corner. <sighs> she's like, "What is everybody fighting?" She she's still upset about the damn pig with teeth. What? <laughs> I was trying to forget. <laughs> There's some brain bleach. Oh, man. All right, Mike, you've got Ultimate End, number two, three, and four. Okay, yeah, same as they're going to do because they're all going to be um, – These are this series is written by Brian Michael Bendis um, and with art by uh, Mark Begley. It is also um, – it also makes Secret Wars look as simplistic as C-Spot Run. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I've read these, and these are hard to follow who's who. Yeah, which is why I'm going to try to – and I like Bendis, and I love Bagley, but damn. Yeah, I'm going to try to do my best to try to summarize all three at once here. And because oh, all, really? Okay. Because they're all going to be the same grade again, and also they have the same pro and con with them, okay? So if you remember from issue one, uh, where they had, I guess, because the premise of the setup, if for, for those who don't remember, is that the 616, or some version thereof, and the Ultimate Universe, or some version thereof, have basically combined on the on uh, in Manhattan, supposedly due to some kind of fiddling around with some temporal um, portation. But of course, we all know this is the result of Doom and uh, creating Battle World. But the com- but the story acts like you know we're not supposed to know this, even though it you know. But in any case, so the six one six heroes tried to get appeal to uh, God Emperor Doom to kind of help 
their problem because, of course, so the Thors arrive, the cops of Battleworld. And so the Thors basically come down and says, oh, yes, Lord Doom has heard your plight and he is he uh, he knows your um, he knows the dimensional travesty you have made. And he has decreed that we that he that you shall do nothing, absolutely nothing to fix this problem. And the rest of the heroes, they basically just all go essentially, what the hell is this crap? And. And uh, Hawkeye decides to take things a little a step further by basically saying, by basically challenging their authority, and he says um, that he's a free a function that he's a that he's a human being he has free will, and this is not a good idea to tell to say this in front of a half of a dozen guys who can literally summon thun- lightning bolts down on top of you, which is exactly what they do, and because Bendis loves Hawkeye. Uh, Clint Barton has now become Burt Barton and is thus dead. Um, so, and so, so okay, so, um, and of course, all the heroes are all in mourning and everything like this. And this basically prompts uh, uh, the six one six Tony to he starts trying to figure out okay what you know he he tries to figure out you know tries to get the anomaly and he gets back in touch with. Um, he gets back in touch with the or the ultimate Tony comes in. Yeah, I know it's confusing. I mean, you guys are hopefully you guys are keeping notes and keeping track of this. Are you guys? Yeah, it's uh, going to be a quiz. Well, it's what, yeah. it's what, an ultimate. It's an ultimate comic. I'm barely. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mike, let, let's stick to the Spider-Man parts. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, that's, let, I mean, that's what I did with Deadpool. Yeah. So let's okay. Stick to the. Part. Well, the Spider- let's let's skip all the damn yeah, Tony Stark's and, yeah. and the Okay. Yeah. yeah so, but because mainly the the Spider-Man part we get to. In this, in the second yeah. issue, it's basically it's an Aunt May scene. It's an Aunt May scene, as basically yeah. what you know. It's basically him essentially re- rehashing what we saw in Spider Man, and he's basically eating yeah. a sandwich and stuff. And and Gwen Stacy's kind of creeped out by uh, Peter looking at her because you know that yeah. you know because he's like oh because he's late twenties. She's probably 16. yeah. She's like you know you know oh he's like she's because he's having because it's a sixteen ver- old version of his dead fiance that he's basically kind of. For that matter, he's probably twenty nine, thirty, and Aunt May is probably fifty. Yeah, yeah, that's probably yeah. creepy too. Yeah, and so, yeah. and so, yeah, so that's the, that's the scene from that thing. I don't know if you want me to go into um, skip all the re- you know kind of because I can skip all the rest of the other some of the other. yeah. I mean, it's basically the Hulk goes into the prison, and the Punisher's there, and then the Green, Green Hulk fights the Gray Hulk. Hulk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we of course we get this big epic fight of the Avengers and the uh, fighting the Hulks. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. That's the that's the uh, alternate universe version of this comic because when we get to part three, we find out oh we skipped all that that all that whole fight happened off panel because now they they because now when issue three starts um, we find out that um, we find that uh, Bruce Banner the are the six one six Bruce Banner has been captured and I guess they're talking and um, they're essentially trying to kind of. Nope, I'm losing you, Mike. Yeah. Um, yes, I was just okay, but uh, the, there you are. But yeah, but um, so and when we get into issue three, because we skipped all that glorious fight, of course, and so um, they're all trying to figure out what you know, Banner, why you know, what what he was doing, to explain yourself and everything, and you know. Uh, and when I was reading this book, I, I tried to remember what you said last time we reviewed these books. Uh, the six one six have all uppercase text. Yes, and the Ultimates are lowercase. That's right. 
That's and how that's you can, still hard to read. Yeah, and that's how you can tell the difference. In the, it's still hard to read. Oh, yeah. And, think. and, I mean, the only real Spider-Man scene in this is because he tells uh, the Nick Fury how he's a really good yeller. Because the whole scene is essentially, um, you know, Nick Fury basically yelling at, yelling at Banner, yelling at Tony Stark, yelling at everybody, basically saying how, you know, you know, this is, you know, I, you know, you know, these are, this is, you know, Banner's my prisoner and I'm the guy in charge and you guys made this big mess of everything and all this other stuff. And, um, and then we get a pointless flashback involving, uh, doc, you know, the two Hulks meeting and why they ended up fighting. And so we get, and what Punisher shot, what Punisher I'm confused. Okay. On that. Yeah. Cause I was going to be, okay. Cause this is the ultimate Punisher and he faces down the 616 Punisher. So even though, uh, the 616 Punisher is wearing, even though these both Punishers are wearing Kevlar, somehow the ultimate Punisher is able to kill, uh, the 616 Punisher with a knife. Bullshit. <laughs> Exactly. exactly, I agree. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it, that gets, was... it gets worse from there because the ultimate Punisher then decides, hey, I've got to take out every superhero and supervillain, and somehow he's able to take out the entire wrecking crew with bullets from a sniping position. <laughs> Never mind the yeah. fact that the wrecking crew is what? Bulletproof, I believe? Because the yeah. super strength is up. So he has <laughs> to snipe every single one of the wrecking crew. I, I was happy when some of the ultimates had targets on them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that was the only yeah. He's 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 now trying to snipe bombshell in the second issue, and so the um, right. so the second issue ends with uh, Tony Stark basically springing uh, Banner out of uh, out of the Hooskow. Oh no, wait! That actually happens off panel too because he's about to spring him out, but then we get to the next issue and he's already done so. And okay. so by the time we get to issue four, the yeah, I lost. Mike, you there? Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm cutting out and stuff, but um, okay. But they finally decide to show up on uh, Tony Stark's doorstep to try to get back because they want to get back the Hulk. Oh no, excuse me, Banner. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a whole thing about you know, oh, is the you know is the door you know is he have a security system door? And so Stark, he's the both Starks, they send out in a little. You know, and it's reminiscent of Iron Man three, all the Stark armors, and so it's a beautiful looking splash. Oh yeah, by it's probably the best. Bag- Bagley knocked that one out Absolutely. of the park with all, all the Iron Man armor. Yeah, that oh, is wow. a very, it's so a beautiful. very impressive shot where he's got all, and you, you know, great, you know, great, you know, panel here and everything like this, and so they're all loved it, and so they're all finding the, and the ultimate Cap kind of realizes they're all distract. This is all for showing the distraction, and then we then cut back over to Ultimate. Frank going after Bombshell. Oh, and Cloak and Dagger, or the ultimate versions of Cloak and Dagger show up. And somehow, Ultimate Punisher, at, in between all going this, this is all your fault, all of you. Like, he repeats that, I'm not kidding, like, over and over again, like, every time he starts shooting his gun. But, it's Batman. <laughs> yeah. And he somehow is able to kind of hold his own against Cloak and Dagger. Like, somehow he's throwing, you know, able to be, even though he gets trapped inside Cloak one time, he shoots his way out and using grenades. And, oh, and supposedly, um... That was pretty badass, yeah. shooting his way out of Cloak. Oh, that was stop. Kind of that yeah. was stupid. <laughs> you didn't like it? I thought that was kind of badass. I love Frank more than Cloak and Dagger. I, I, I love Frank, too, but, uh, okay, Frank Castle versus, versus Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, there's are, no... Are, are, somebody's drunk. Yeah, there's no there's no way he would win this, right? And so, yeah. oh, and also, Bombshell gets 
clipped in the head. But apparently Dagger can't tell the difference because she says, oh, you're just bleeding from your ear. But the yeah, way the artwork I, I, looks, it's, like, yeah. it's, it's totally from her forehead and stuff. And so, uh, yeah, that does not look like her head. She gets shot ear. in the head. Why is she not dead? Okay, well, I know. Just right. yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, you know, but at this point, yeah, so, so at this point, Ultimate Frank escapes, and then um, Ultimate Iron Man, or at least maybe his armor shows up, and he asks for their help. And so that means, so then we get to see what, so then they go fight, no, no, wait a minute, again, sorry, that's the alternate version of this comic, because we, we don't see what happens, because instead, we decide to go to Doomstot, and the High Court of Doom, and Doom himself. Probably the pivotal scene moment of this comic, because it will explain, finally, what the heck is going on? Oh no, I'm yeah. sorry, it doesn't. <laughs> because Valeria basically point blank asks us, like, basically says, you know, Father, um, we're, you know, you know, don't you think this this domain deserves kind of some attention? Because we've noticed some anomalies here, and and Doom doesn't say anything. He's just basically like nothing, you know, doesn't do anything, and you know, may, you know, she's trying to warn him. You know about what's going on, and again, and she says, and she's even asking him point blank. He goes, you know, should we do something? Um, why did you create? Why did you create such an unstable environment? And Doom doesn't say a thing. He just, or he basically says, he basically says, no, no. I don't have to explain yeah. myself to you if you're not smart enough to understand it. Um, you know, or he's just saying, no, this is just so be it, and, and everything, and. While this is going on, we keep flashing back and forth to the Tonys arguing about whether or not they should deliver Doom, and eventually it reverts back to what we saw in the prologue of the first issue, in which both the 616 heroes and the Ultimate heroes are basically literally about to collide. No, a beautiful looking double panel by Bagley again. Oh yeah, but again, we no reason. For Confusing it. as hell. And why and, is Frank going to just take all of them out? Yeah, because reasons. Okay. And for some reason, Old Man Logan is there, I guess to remind us of a better series that Bendis is writing at the point. <laughs> um, oh, what a mess. And, and by the way, and finally... I just, I just want to say, real quick, before you okay. interrupt, because I'm okay. looking at this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the Wrecker routinely gets hit by Thor's hammer. Oh, I know, yeah. And the thought that he could be just shot in the chest is laughable. Oh yeah, yeah. Somehow, so yeah, because somehow Ultimate Frank has been given the given magic bullets. Yeah, basically. magic god bullets that can. Yeah, magic god killing bullets. Basically, is essentially you know. That's a lot of freaking bullets, man. Yeah. <laughs> and why is? Oh, I guess all the all new X Men are involved in this too. Oh, that's. Fine. Yeah, they're somehow they get in there too because yeah. You know, we got gotta... take take me to the last panel. It's okay. Spider Man related. The last panel. Which, by the way, is probably the only is shows finally Miles Morales, the one person, the only reason probably why anybody would even bother picking up this series, um, finally shows up in the last panel. Because if you, if in case you guys don't know, if you read, if you haven't read, been following the main Secret War series, he got sent. All the survivors got sent to various parts of Battle Worlds. So that's presumably why he's only now showing up here. Is because he's just got sent here. So yeah, even though Miles is prominently on the cover of the issue, even though he was, you know, this is probably the main thing why this, this probably is classic. That's classic Bendis Bagley, though. 
Oh when yeah, they were doing their run. They would they would do that type of crap all the time. Oh yeah, but yeah, but here, but here's, but here it is. He's in the last. He finally shows up in the last panel. So presumably, we're going to see how he's going to get involved in the next issue and everything, which comes out in which way we got delayed and it's coming out. What is it? It was supposed to come out this month, but now it's only going to come out what in October, November, or something now. Yeah. Because there's going to be a long delay between issue four. Yeah, and it, it, really it, at this point, but it, well, and you know it's not Bagley. Uh, it's not. I, it's, 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 I don't think it's. Think about it. Bagley, Bagley was putting out books eighteen. He was doing eighteen issues a year, easy when he was doing. Oh yeah. Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So it's not. It's not going to be Bagley. Well, no, Bagley's going to be a, drawing it, guys. What I'm saying oh. is, it's not Bagley's fault that the book's delayed. Oh, oh, no, 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 oh, oh, I took it. No, no, no. This is, this is all because what happened, because this is all what happened, because if you the main Secret War series, they decided to expand it to nine issues instead of eight, which basically... Because, again, the, somebody's drunk. Well, no, what they really did was they basically decided, hey, let's split, because one of those issues was like basically uh, double-sized, so they basically, they basically took the half of one issue and the other half of another issue and made a new issue out of it. Basically, the last line Valeria says to Doom is, "But what if there is something, something in all the chaos that something, something we don't, we don't see coming, something that changes everything?" Yep, yeah. and it's a picture of mine. But yeah, but, but, all right, give me some pros and cons and grades. Okay, my pros is this. all the same. Yeah, my pros is this: Bagley's art, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, solid throughout. That's one of the saving, only saving grace about this thing. The big con is, like I said, I mean. Yeah, there are words on the page that you can read, and you can see the images, so it's not like this comic is indecipherable. It's just that we are not given any real reason why this is happening. And I don't think Bendis even knows anymore, because that whole scene with Dr. Doom that I described, it's basically him, it's basically the comic literally going, hey... If if you can't figure this out, I'm not going to tell you. And here are two little and here are two uh, big birdies that I'm going to flip in your general direction, readers. Are you and are you are you saying now that this is hack work? I'm saying it's I'm saying I wouldn't call it hack. I wouldn't say hack. It's just I think that I mean obviously this whole thing is basically oh we have to kind of create a finale for the ultimate universe, you know somehow and. It's just we got to quickly – I mean, I think partly what the thing is what happened. I almost kind of imagine that when Bendis was writing this, he suddenly realized, oh, crap, I've only got five issues. i got to wrap this thing up, and I'm only on issue four, and I'm nowhere near close to actually you know, giving and providing answers for this thing. So why as well you – know, so screw it. I'll just go to the end. Where we have the may, may, I, yeah. may I interject something uh-huh. here, too? Yeah. I think that this may be the second most important miniseries of all of the miniseries involving Secret Wars because think about yeah. all the players that are involved in this final uh, final huge battle. Oh yeah, and all nearly I mean nearly three quarters of them are involved actively with the all new Mar- Marvel universe. That's right. So yeah. it, 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 this is a, somebody besides it's a mess. It's a mess. Oh yeah, so you, and that's the and that's the other thing. We don't even know if these are actually the six. You know, well, we know Spider Man is not actually quote the six one six Spider Man because 
we we all if you've been following Secret Wars, he we know he's one of the Survivor Saints. So we're not even sure if like if these are even the real versions of these characters. If they're just kind of right. manifestations that Doom created well, for some reason. Is, are are there ever are, are there going to be any ultimate characters surviving past all this except for Miles? Um, actually, yes, the evil Reed Richards is. Oh man, I had thought I, I had thought that Miles was going to be the only one left. No, so no, are, no, 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 no. So they're um, all going to be in the same universe now. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Ultimate Nick Fury is going to probably be the Nick Fury if I was. The yeah, because I think I've I've seen a couple preview of our, of, of of another of a, I think Amazing Spider-Man is 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 real Nick Fury still the Watcher or what the hell happened with that? We have no idea. Yeah, yeah, well, he hasn't been seen since original. Basically, why did they do it? Who knows? Uh, what's your grade? Oh, this is um, well. Like I said, the Bagley art is a saving grade. This all 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 these things get about oh, roughly about a D. You know, yeah, I mean, or I yeah, they're. I mean, they're. It just it's a shame. It's just disappointing. I mean, because I mean, and then the thing is, like I've, I mean, mentioned this before, Cataclysm or heck, Ultimate Ultimatum is when the Ultimate Universe should have ended, and. Instead, we got this just this confusing mess of a book of a series that I think he that we just figured oh we got we got to do something to try to wrap this up and let's just you know I mean that phone just yeah go ahead to me um, Bendis went too big with this yeah to to me this should have been a small thing and you do it through looking glass type thing and. Mm-hmm. You know, you could even have had Doom involved saying, uh, you know, like an actual Secret Wars type situation mm-hmm. where on one side you've got the Ultimate Universe, on the other side you've got the Marvel Universe, and whoever survives wins. Right, yeah. And to me, that's what this should have actually been. Mm-hmm. And instead, this is, because uh, think about that. That that should have been the main Secret Wars miniseries. The oh, hell yeah. with all the other, all, all the other people. Because that's what's the, if you if the, the thing is that Marvel's not saying is that's the main reason why they even did Secret Wars is because so they can bring Miles Morales into the mainstream universe. That's pretty much why this whole whole thing even exists. Well, and it's um, also streamlining the line too because they've oh, tried yeah. to reboot the Ultimate line five times. I oh, remember yeah. in 2011 when I was going when I was in San Diego, they were trying to do the they were trying to do a, re, a refocusing of the entire Ultimate line. When they were doing, mm-hmm. when that's when they were bringing up, bringing Miles Morales into this. So I, I mean, they've they've tried to do everything they can to save the line. The line is is no longer a marketable, bankable entity. Oh no, so, it, yeah. hasn't for, it hasn't been for years either. So but. and it, and the worst thing that happened to it was Jeff Loeb, who mm-hmm. I'm sorry hasn't written a decent story since his son died. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's not. I mean. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's why he's saying that it, you know it should have that the ultimate universe should have been put out the pasture when ultimatum happened. But no, they kind of. But it's just been limping along ever since then. You're right. Um, so yeah, very you know, not exactly the greatest swan song, if you will, of of the ultimate universe by any means. So. Yeah. All right, we have one last issue. We've reviewed 17 comics, and this is the 18th with Ashley. Guardians of the Galaxy Team-Up, number nine. Uh, I think you really like this one, right, right Ashley? I, I, um, I adore it. It's probably one of my favorites that I've read in the past year. Uh, and it, it'll be a nice way to rinse out our mouths after the confusing mess that was um, the ultimate end. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, 
writing for this is, I believe it's, uh, yeah, Javier Polito. He did the story, the art, and the cover. So he just kind of did it all. all Beautiful looking artwork in the middle of this thing. It's, it's, not, it's kind of clunky, but it, it's like done really in a very stylized way. And there's a lot going on on every page, but it never really gets cluttered. It, it just feels very clean and professional. Didn't he do the Black Cat Mini? I, I don't I know. Think he, I think he did. Let me look it up. Go ahead right. and talk. I'll look it All up. All right. You. So we open up on a very short but one-sided duel between Star-Lord and Spider-Man. Star-Lord, who is not going to be mentioned at any point by name in this uh, in this review because we're just going to have too many friggin' Peters at that point. He is accusing <laughs> Spider-Man of, <laughs> of stealing... Oh, can't have too many Peters. Peter, yeah, no, Peter, 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 like Peter came back and... Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Spider-Verse was, was the other part of this year. We're not going back to that. But he's accusing Spider-Man of stealing his father's gun, which is not only of you know, great sentimental value, but has the potential to wreak serious havoc if it falls into the wrong hands. Starlet, of course, is no match for Spidey, but Spidey, being the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man that he is, lets them down after defeating him so that they can just talk it out. Star-Lord, apparently, has some footage of Spider-Man, or a look-alike, breaking into his ship to steal his father's gun. Spidey agrees to team up with uh, with Star-Lord to clear his name and get to the bottom of this whole mess. They end up going to a club called the Long Shot, where Star-Lord notices a, uh, a suspicious woman dressed in black and white. Can you see where this is going? Who has been making um, several exchanges throughout the night. You know, since she's, you know, there's this stuff has been, you know, exchanging hands and he's been he's been keeping an eye on her he follows her out back where she's uh she's stripped down and suited up to reveal herself as the black cat thank you big al you know me too well <laughs> who again big al on the message board gave you a heads up that black cat's in exactly nice and she's the one who's stolen the gun so Star-Lord goes to confront her. They tussle it out, had this really awesome little kind of battle where you don't see them, but you just see their silhouettes. Yeah, it's cool mm-hmm. looking. And Cat's about to come out on top when this mobster, who's clearly been watching too many noir films, comes up, <laughs> interrupts the fight, and reveals that uh, Black Cat was working for him all along. Surprise there. She had you know, stolen the gun on his orders. Star-Lord immediately takes charge once he sees the gun in enemy hands. But he's unfortunately outnumbered. Cat hands um, back some kind of little green bracelet to the mobster, which is later revealed to be um, a holographic device, you know, some kind of cloaking device, which is how she, you know, she, she essentially disguised herself as Spider-Man and broke into into Star Lord's ship. So that's how that happened. And she hands him back the bracelet, and the deal is done. However, she didn't count on what happens next. The boss orders his lackeys to uh, to finish the job and end Star-Lord. She immediately objects to the bloodshed and joins him, immediately switches sides and fights off the mobsters. At this point, um, you know, Spider-Man finally finds his way to them and comes back in. They share some banter and quickly dispose of all the bad guys. Um, Spidey's about to propose to Star-Lord a plan for getting the gun back when he's suddenly attacked from behind by another Spider-Man or rather a member of Hydra, who is behind the heist all along. We get kind of a weird, a weird, weird little fever dream during, you know, while Star-Lord's KO'd. He's 
By the by the way, Black Cat isn't pissed at Spider Man, so this is that's a little now, off. We're we're in like Happy Land right now. We're yeah. it's completely isolated from all the crap that's going on. <laughs> so it's a different Black Cat kind yeah. of. Yeah. So yeah. I'll just try and briefly describe this dream that Star Lord's having. He's a little kid. Yeah. He's saying, "I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Don't give me soup, mommy. I hate it." And then he turns into is that Gamora? It looks like it. Yeah. Yeah. Look, and she says, "You better eat that." And she tells, then she he eats it. She calls him a good boy. <laughs> you eat that, you little shit. <laughs> wow. She calls him. She's gonna be a great mom. Yeah. <laughs> he eats eat this soup. little shit. And she says, "Good boy," and it's it looks up and it's black cat. So it's it's kind of weird. So that's his dream. They all come to and spine is kind of bound to this rack, surrounded by a gathering of Hydra. And they have their little their villain monologue where they reveal their great plan. Just, guys, you're not you're not ready for this. I'll I'll read it. Since this next step for mankind is here, the constellation of the spider is coming, and Hydra is ready for it. The age of the spider. We the Hydras accept the future. We will become the future. We will become Spydra. <laughs> Spydra. How much did this cost? Uh, Four bucks. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Buy it now. It come with a bar of gold or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. All that in a bag of chips. You guys remember when I was talking about people being drunk? This is it. Spydra is when they were being stoned. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, not in the biblical way either. So we're trying to drain some blood of the spider, huh? Yeah, so at the height of his speech... He turns the gun, uh, you know, he turns the gun they stole from Star-Lord on the Spidey, intending to sacrifice him to their their spider constellation, whatever hoo-ha is going on here. Black Cat's screaming. And, like, she's actually defending him. She's like, no, you can't do that. We need to out of she's, uh, bit of out of character after the recent development. No, this is in ahead. character. This, this, is, oh, this is the Black Cat you like. Yes, that's, that's right. And so yeah. he pulls the trigger and he vaporizes himself. So everyone just kind of stands around awkwardly, and then Spydra just disperses, and they just all kind of walk away. And um, our heroes stick around for a bit. They they catch up. And, uh... Oh, yeah, and it's it's New Year's Eve, by the way. So Peter says, I have to go, you know, Aunt May's calling, you know, I gotta go home. Felicia's macking on Star-Lord, kind of looks at him, he starts taking the bait, and she decides, no, you're not playing hard to get, and she goes swinging off after Spidey, leaving Star-Lord all by himself, where he stands on the building by himself watching fireworks. By I, I, I thought he was with uh, Kitty Pride or whatever. He is. Well, he is. I guess this is in an isolated... Be- because comics? Isolated from that, I guess. Yeah. It's weird. Black Cat isn't like the Black Cat of... <laughs> what we're re- seeing now in Star-Lord single, yeah. Now, this, this, mm. Polito's got the okay. right idea here. Uh, this, of course, if you couldn't can guess, I gave it an A. Just, I, I enjoyed every minute of it. That's awesome. What, what's what's the pros? And what, is there any cons? Cons? Spider? Really. Come on. Spider is, like, is like what you buy this book for. I mean, come on. That is lame. I, 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 it's lame in a I funny way. Differ. Though. <laughs> I, 
George is looking at the art and hating it. I'm loving the art. Oh, I just not. It's, I'm not a fan of the style. No, sorry. It's not for everyone. It's a very, very silly book. It's just silly. Yeah. It's a nice little one shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's not but a one shot. It's number nine. Well, this book is. Why well, I don't read this book, but yeah, I, I don't. Uh, maybe it's just like a series of one shots. Psychology. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what it, the next issue is. It's, it's. I bet you it's Deadpool. They team up with. Yep, Deadpool and Rocket Raccoon. There you go. That's issue ten. Mm-hmm. It's like Marvel team up for uh, Guardians as well. No, this Marvel book is. team up was actually in continuity. <laughs> it actually made sense. The previous issue was Groot and Silver Surfer. I am Groot. Very nice. So an A out of this. Okay. Let's see how long we've been recording. Wow, two hours and six minutes. I missed my <laughs> hour and a half, didn't I? It's all right. Look, when, you, when you come up with your estimates. I know. It's always I, precious. If, if I was ever on The Price is Right, I would always go under, not over. <laughs> and Bob Barker, well, or Drew Carey, whatever. All right, let's do a wrap-up of uh, all the, the grades all at once at the end of this show. Uh, I had Deadpool Secret Secret Wars number one through four. I gave every issue an A, except for the last one, which was an A-. minus. Uh, Mike, what did you have? Yes. And we don't, well, I'll screw it. Mike's not even on the call anymore. Here, Mike. <laughs> Let's get Mike back on the line. I, I can't believe he's been gone this whole time. Oh, he missed, oh. The, he missed Spydra. He missed Spydra. He missed oh Zach, let's get your reviews. Uh, what, what, what were it your was, grades? It was all D minus, despite uh, George Berryman's insistence that it should have been F, because, you know, I decided to give somebody credit for the cover. Spider Verse, 234, all Ds. D minus. D minuses, okay. Uh, Ashley, let's go Spider Gwen. Yeah, Spider Gwen number five was a B plus. Okay. Silk number five was a C. Silk number six was an A minus, and silk number seven was a B. And uh, okay. then the Guardians team up number nine was an A. A. And Mike had uh, D's on Ultimate End two, three, and four. If I remember correctly, was that right? I believe that's correct. And Spider Island one, two, and three. I don't remember what they were, but rewind the show and you can hear them. We can't get Mike back on the line. Did you guys refer to Spider Island as hashtags? We did not. We did not refer Uh to them as hashtags. You forgot the the hashtags, guys. Come on. So sorry. All right, gang. Good show. Thank you for doing 18 reviews with me. I hope you listeners enjoyed it. We put a lot of work on this show every time. (laughs) 